0: Look, man, when you beat me, I hurt all over. And I didn't want to know from nothing or nobody, not even my kids. But hell, every fighter
1: knows that hurt. And we get sick inside trying to live with it. So don't back off now. Make it right for yourself or you'll be sorry you didn't. We held the greatest title in the whole world, babe. You lost that fight, Rock, for all the
2: wrong reasons. You lost your edge. All right. I
0: know your manager dying had you all messed up inside. But the truth is, you didn't look hungry. Now, when we fought, you had that eye of the tiger, man, the edge, And now you got to get it back. And the way to get it
2: back is to go back to the beginning. You know what I mean? Light!
1: Light this candle! Camera! Action!
2: Moron. I've got morons on my team. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore!
3: We're in the pipe, five by
2: five. Will help! Yeah,
0: I'll just fill my pipe.
4: And so it begins. It was the dawn of the third age of mankind.
5: Welcome back, folks, to the Man Cave Movie Review, the podcast that reviews the good, the bad, and the ugly of movies for men and women. I'm your host, Jeff Muncy. And tonight, for this great and fantastic podcast, we're reviewing Rocky 3 This great and fantastic film stars Sylvester Stallone, Carl Weathers, Burgess Meredith, um, Mr. T, Hulk Hogan, Talia Shire, also known as Tawny Katane, and... Uh, <laughs> No, no, sorry, Liv Tyler. My bad. Anyway, all right, and a host of others uh, that have some great small roles in this film, and we'll get to those here in a little bit. Joining me tonight for this great and fantastic podcast is my good and dear friend, Ken. He's a wrecking machine, and he's hungry.
3: Roni. Well, this will be an interesting uh, bout tonight. Me, the ultimate male, versus Jeff, the ultimate meatball. (laughs) (laughs)
5: <laughs> <laughs> you know Ken I was, I was watching this movie I was just like oh man this this could be rough for me tonight <laughs> there, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot of subtle digs in this, in this movie and there's one thank you Ken alright also joining me tonight for this great and fantastic review is my good and dear friend Mark you're wearing your anatomy out for charity Slover
0: you want to know my prediction for tonight's podcast My prediction of this movie review, this movie review prediction is pain.
5: (laughs) (laughs) He's got some, he's got few lines, but some of the best. All right. Thank you, Mark. You're welcome. Also joining me tonight for this outstanding, soon to surely to be podcast is Brian, my mom hits harder than you, Miller. (laughs) I just,
1: I just want to let all my love slaves out there tonight know that <laughs> the mountain of molten lust is in the house.
4: <laughs>
0: <clears throat> We're not doing space balls, your, and this is not Pizza the Hut.
1: But
5: oh, oh god, oh thank you, Brian. Your lips is here. Yeah. <laughs> oh thank you, Brian, and. Uh, <laughs> Last and certainly not least is my good and dear friend, Steve. <laughs> I don't like these people. Michaels.
4: Jeff, back when we started this podcast, you had that eye of the tiger, man. The edge. And now you got to get it back. And the only way to get it back is to go back to the beginning. You know what I mean? I. You know what I mean?
5: Episode one. Yeah. Hello.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Review Conan for the third time. Yeah. Yeah. We, exactly. wait a
0: minute we,
5: actually it's the fourth because the first re-review didn't take oh no, that's that's oh. Thank, thank you mark yes that it would yeah. be take, how many times have we done the 13th warrior yeah it's always worth another Twice. one right all yeah. right well thank you gentlemen Well, listeners, um, yes, we are going to review Rocky III. Um, This has been something that we have been tossing around for for a little while now, and it it came back up in our conversation the last couple of weeks, and we thought, you know what, it'll it'll be a spirited conversation. Um, Of course, uh, for those that um, may have seen it or maybe not, uh, the idea is Rocky has become world champion. He is on top of his game. He's living the life, he's on the celebrity circuit, and through all of this, um, through this montage of a movie, um, we, we get to see his life as, 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 as he enjoys the successes. And with that comes, well, sort of some downtime and uh, kind of a, uh, a step back in his boxing career. But um, under it all is an up-and-coming fighter who is set his sights on Rocky, and is ready to take him on. Um, things happen and Rocky's not at the top of his game and we revisit his, uh, his foundation, his glory days of uh, building himself back to uh, become a, uh, a world champion boxer. So, gentlemen, let's, uh, let's get into this. Let's see here. Tonight, let's start with, uh, with Steve. Steve? What are your thoughts about this uh, the, this the third movie in the series? Um,
4: I would say I, I'm not gonna say it's my least favorite uh, it's definitely honestly I think th- with this with this particular franchise this is I thought where it really kind of started going downhill I'm I mean I like this movie I'm not a big fan of it because honestly uh, between this one and then all the other follow-up Rockies, they just become very derivative. It was it was always the same thing. Um, this pretty much kind of like was the tail end, or it just pretty much followed kind of like Rocky II, where, um, I mean, I thought Rocky II was a good, solid movie, but it was just this whole thing of, um, I'm down in the dumps, I don't want to fight anymore, and then I get this big boost of, inspiration to start training hard again and that's all it was and and that was fine in the second one but then they did in the third one they did it in the fourth one uh pretty sure they did in the fifth one i barely remember that one i don't think i've seen anything beyond that so it just kind of was all right all you really did was redo rocky too but a little bit with a with, with just basically with a different opponent um um, it was more of like rather than trying to get the title, it was defending your title. So, uh, I mean, it's good. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. It's just it's kind of formulaic, and eh, not not probably my favorite. I I thought probably in in, in a way I think without going too far off the rails on this, one of the things I really liked about Rocky was. It just seemed like when the original came out, it was a very genuine story. I don't. I, I guess I don't think it was ever meant to become this franchise. It just seemed like a very, you know, kind of a rags to riches, pull yourself up by your bootstraps type story, and it just catapulted from there. And um, and, and to be honest, with you kind of like First Blood, like what we talked about in our and in, in our, our, our previous podcast. Was it really meant to become this franchise where it was really a good story and then it just like, ugh, I don't know this, you know, it's good, but it, it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite of the Rocky movies. So I'll, I'll leave it with that.
5: Steve, is this one of your, would you say this is your favorite Rocky movie or would you say this is maybe one of your least favorites? <laughs>
4: I'll tell you. Car, car,
0: key, car keys. This time.
4: <laughs> All right. Thanks, this is, Steve. This is, where, this is where I pick Jeff up and throw him into the audience.
5: Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to see what what it would look like if Steve and I went toe-to-toe, um, well, at least the first five-sixths of that fight is what it would look like. Um, I'm not sure I could really bring the last one-sixth, but <laughs> it would look more like me gnawing at his ankles. But anyway, yes. Um, yeah. All yeah, right. That line, that line
0: from Mickey would be very appropriate with, with Jeff. So, what does he eat? 202. Way. 202. What's <laughs> <laughs> Jeff weigh? 202. 202. <laughs>
2: knock
5: it the in a bar, rocky <laughs> <laughs> all right all right well thank you thank you Steve all right um yep Brian um what are your what are your thoughts about this fantastic movie
1: I like this movie a lot uh, and uh,
5: for a lot of reasons uh, one of the things
1: you know this movie' is a little bit unusual in that it has two bouts in it I mean there's two actual fights. I mean, it shows others, you know, clips from the other, you know, titles where he's defending the title, but it actually has two, you know, times in Rocky fights that are featured. And, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, but that second fight is the only time a Rocky fight was shown from start to finish rather than skipping, uh, skipping rounds. Mm I mean, you saw the entire fight. I liked it. I guess the reality is I love clever Lang, man. I just, it it may be. It's a certain modern sensibility, and maybe that was the difference back then. The idea that a, I mean, Ali was a talker, you know, back back then, and uh, and maybe it's even different today. But I love Clubberleg's attitude, man. He just he hated everybody. He didn't he he didn't discriminate. <laughs> he wanted to be the champion, and he didn't he didn't he didn't give a shit. You know, he just really didn't. You know, he was there to win, and he was going to kill you to do it. I love that. I love. I thought Mister T played that so well. Uh, and I and I guess, in part, I really like this movie because I'm cheering for Clever Lang the first fight. I'm like, yeah, kick that guy's ass. He's been lazy. You know, you're you're the hungry guy. Go out there and beat him up. And, uh, so, I, in part, I like the movie because I love T's role in it. Uh, but, uh, the, the movie, I, I, I don't want to, I mean, God, this movie's almost 40 years old now, and at the same time, I don't want to give something away, but there's obviously a certain change in Rocky's life. And, uh, there's a certain character in that I adore, uh, and some things happen uh, with that character. And uh, you know, Jeff, uh, you're going to ask me this after I, I say it, but you know, I'll say it now, and then hopefully you're remembering this. This may be my favorite Rocky movie And <laughs> the pantheon of Rocky movies.
5: Hey, thanks, Brian.
1: Eye of the Tiger, man.
5: Eye, Eye of the, the tiger. tiger. We're gonna we're gonna get to the uh, Eye of the Tiger also here in a little bit. All right. Um, Great, thank you, Brian. Um, Mark, what what are your thoughts on this great and fantastic film? Uh, thank you. I here's what I it, it is the
0: ultimate bromance boxing movie.
5: Ding,
2: ding.
0: Um, <laughs> Carl Weathers and eh, and Stallone having their little moment in the surf. You know, um, from here to eternity. <laughs> <laughs> God.
1: Dude, he's rubbing his shoulders, and when he's right. in the ring, I'm yeah. like, "Oh man, that's a little yeah. strong."
0: <laughs> it's a little, um, you know, it, it, Steve is right. It's derivative. It's not my favorite Rocky movie. Um, it's it, it felt like they were picking up a check,
2: ding ding, uh,
0: because it's successful. So we'll do it, and it worked because it's Rocky. Rocky gets beat. You know, we, we have the big comeback. We have all those tropes. But the thing that I liked about this movie that made me enjoy the movie more was it's really the first time you got to see uh, another side. I really liked it because I liked Apollo Creed. And this was almost as much a movie about Apollo Creed as it was about Rocky Balboa and their friendship. And I really... Carl Weathers, to me, is underrated. He and he's still out there grinding. He's still working. You know, played in the NFL, and I really enjoy everything with Carl Weathers in this movie. He shines. He makes. The, I think he lifts this movie up to another level and makes it. He makes it something that is not that could have easily fallen into a. I'll use Steve's term, derivative, and just we um, we're, we're going to have another boxing movie, and Rocky's going to come back. It it really showed a neat um, friendship between the two of them, uh, and I really, for me, that that made the movie really enjoyable. So, uh, all that said, it, it's a rocky movie. Um, it's enjoyable. It's it was a two ninety nine rental. You can't get burned. And other than, um, I will say this right now. Ding ding. Why I tell you Shire was in it? Other than we just needed. To have Talia Shire in it, because, um, I don't know, because Stallone's a nice guy. Um, beyond that, uh, everything with her was completely a waste of time. Yep. But a, a pleasant movie, if you like Rocky movies.
1: Um,
0: a pleasant Rocky diversion.
1: You know this is Weather's favorite, right? For the reasons you said.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Has to be. Yeah, he said I mean, he humanized humanizes character. Yeah, I, I
0: really, and also, it, well, we'll get to the trivia, but it, it also kind of sets up the duality of, you've got Clever Lang, who's just all fury and barbarian, and you've got um, Apollo Creed, who's a pretty classy guy all the way around. Mm-hmm. I think that sets up four, in a way, that kind of sets four up really well when you get to that, but that's a different movie review. We're not going to get to that next week, are we? <laughs> Please, God.
5: No, I, I can say we, we won't get to it next week. Now, you know, it may be, uh, you know, episode 299, but, you know, we'll get there. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Mark. Mm-hmm. Ken, what What are your thoughts about this movie?
3: Uh, You know, I saw this in the theater. I can remember when the summer this came out, every time you turn on the radio, the Eye of the Tiger song was playing. It was like a top hit song in its day of the Rocky movies. I, I this is tied with me with number one and what Steve said, number one was original. It was, you know, it was, a, it was designed to be a standalone movie. You know, it was strong in its own way, but I was not as, you know, for whatever reason, two and four didn't reach out and grab me, but this one did. And I think it's the, the Troika, of the three main characters, again, which you guys have touched on. You got this interaction, which is a dynamic. That's interesting to watch. Mr. T back then was just such a, I mean, he came out of nowhere in this movie and he had such a distinctive look and persona and charisma and all. And, you know, he, he's very strong in his part. Now, you know, I will admit, you know, is he the best actor? No, but he pulls off his character. I think Carl Weathers does an excellent job. Uh, And just like you said in the earlier movies, he was just arrogant and tough. And here he's got a human side and he's, he's actually going beyond himself to give a little Uh, Rocky, obviously. I mean, it is that whole redemption story. And like Steve said, it's, you know, okay, he's, he's up, he's down, he's back. Uh, He's got to fight through his demons but I like that story. I mean, I, I'm I'm good with it. I I do gotta say. I mean, those guys, they were in a little better shape than me. Now you know, with this coronavirus, I've been working out at home, and I, you may notice. I mean, I got some some definition on my biceps and all right now. But uh, I, I, I'm i this this movie made me feel utterly inadequate as a uh, as a physical specimen. <laughs> I will say a thing that I always liked about this movie. Is about that. And Jeff used the word. The first four or five minutes of this movie is a montage, which I think, in a really good way, covers like many years of action backstory. And by the time that montage ends, you know, you know, there's going to be a reckoning. There's things that are going to happen because we've seen what's going on, and it really sets the stage well. And I thought that was, you know, a very well done opening montage you don't get a lot of montages for the open but that one did it and i liked it and it set the stage and i was entertained by it back then and i'm still entertained it's been a long time since i've seen it so viewing it uh, today for the uh, review you know brought back some nice memories and some not so nice memories because i mean there are some parts of this that are pretty pretty <laughs> draggy pretty annoying uh and I'll just say, you know, more so than Talia Shire,
2: Ding, Ding.
3: You know, they should have just take in Bert Young and stuff him in the trash can. <laughs> like the first five Thank, you. Yes. Thank you. Yes, you. Oh because, my God. Again, if I'm if I'm trying to come back from Ultimate Collapse, I don't want some whiny, you know, complaining dude that doesn't have to be there to be there. Like, go home, beat it. I'll take care of it.
1: But he gave me that crappy x watch,
3: Ken. Okay. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Well thank you, Ken. Um I I I enjoyed your comments. And um I'll I'll be brief, as brief as I can. So it'll take twenty minutes. Um you this this to me, Ken I I I'm gonna mirror, I think, of some of the things you said. Um this is to me one of my favorite Rocky movies. The second one to me was a little more derivative than I think this one was. It was, okay, well, of course he is going to, um, you know, come back. And, of course, he's, he, he has to win this one. So it was kind of a for, foregone conclusion. And like, I think, some of you, I went to the theaters and saw this as well. And I think this is one of the first Rocky movies I think I saw in the theater. I think my dad took me to see it because we had seen the other two, of course. And, um, and, and I won't even talk about four.
2: Ding, ding.
5: Because I feel like that is where this just went way the, the wings started coming off the plane. But this one here, because what are you going to do after you win? Well, you're going to have to hold the title, and it I think illustrates that just because you're at the top, it, you, there are, there are people that want what you have, and and it really I thought did a great job of showing, you know, somebody this young guy coming up and and his determination to be the best. But it took me even though i've watched this thing probably 30 times it took this viewing for me to realize because i'm not as smart as the rest of you guys that the the reason that you have and brian yes this is the first one that we have two fights in and 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 it's it's a tale of two fights but that said you know the second fight you start you see glimpses of the first fight and and i and we'll hopefully break down that fight here briefly in a moment but i think it's great showing that once you're at the top if if you get too comfortable there, somebody's willing to come and take that away from you. And, and I thought they did a great job of, of building up the tension of you know, Rocky just kinda out there doing his thing. And you got this other guy who's young and hungry, and you, and you see the you see um, Mickey going to these fights. He is c- totally clued in because he's out there protecting Rocky, and he's going to these fights, and he's seeing what's going on in the boxing world while Rocky's out there doing the Muppets and doing all these other little things that he's doing. <laughs> um, and and he's well aware of what's coming up after him because he's. He is he 's seeing it and and, and you 've got this dynamic that's playing out, but more importantly to what Mark said, the strength of this movie is Carl Weather's stepping into a different role it's not an adversarial role anymore it is it is the mentorship and it's that that really now you have more of an ensemble cast because you 've got you know the, the, this core now and and, and you know you, you, we could debate whether um You know, the the Liv Tyler moment is, you know, between Talia Shire and Burt Young. But we can we can (laughs) we can get to that here if you guys choose to. But I feel that this movie is answers that question. What do you do after you win the title and you want to hang on to it? And the the debate becomes and it, it plays out in the movie that, you know, Rocky, you've gone too long and you needed to retire and you didn't. And here's the results of it. So you know it th- there's a lot of there's a lot of dynamics that are playing out throughout this movie. It's not as simple as I think the f- the first two stories. I think there's a lot of themes that are playing out here throughout the movie between death, between, you know, somebody past their prime, between redemption. And there's a lot going on here that plays out throughout the movie and the fighting is sort of I don't know second, but the two fights uh, there's a, it, it tells two different stories and and in between I can see what you're saying about how there is it's a little slow but we're we're developing the characters we're developing you know the the reason and and why we're here and how we're going to get to the end and um, and so I think it is probably as far as storytelling and movie goes um, you know I, I think it's probably one of the strongest parts of the whole um, saga then um, definitely number two and you know again like number one it's just like with Star Wars the first episode always going to be good because that introduces us to it but um, I've, I, I like Brian and Ken I think that this holds up pretty well as far as the first three movies so all right so th- those are my thoughts let's get into the actors themselves. Um, so we have Sylvester Stallone which we have we've talked over the last few weeks about Sylvester Stallone this is turning into the Sylvester Stallone podcast it, you know <laughs> not necessarily a juggernaut of an actor but he knows his roles and he does well in those roles. Besides that any 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 of you four have a strong I mean I feel like we talked about this a few weeks ago with uh, First Blood but you know where, where where are you with this, Brian? Actually, Steve had his hand up. I was Steve, Steve, yes, go, Steve. Um,
4: I'll be perfectly honest with you. It's uh, Stallone for me is kind of one of those actors that honestly, this guy could actually really amaze amaze me in movies. And there's other times where he's doing stuff where you're like, are you? where are you at it's like he's kind of like all over the place but i mean i've seen him like again first blood i thought he was fantastic and there are and i thought in the first rocky movie it was like holy crap this is i i thought it was a stellar performance by him i mean i've seen him in movies where he does really well and i see him in movies that it's like it's it's cringeworthy it's like how does this happen is this like directors or what what what's happening there but i mean honestly i mean there's there's stuff that i i've always thought stallone did well and and i always you know it's like and he and he does have a certain range um i think but i think a lot of it depends on who's directing him and what the movies are yeah because you watch some of the other stuff that he was doing like in the 80s you know and it's god awful but um but like I said, I mean, to me, like when he did First uh, first Blood, and, and, and honestly, I mean, I think in his performances in all of the Rocky movies are really good. I mean, I'm not a fan of all of them. Um, and like I said, this one, uh, you asked me before, I'm not a huge fan of this one, but I thought his performance in this is really good. I mean, you could actually see... You know, I mean, he actually truly looked like a guy who was conflicted about himself and where he was in his life, and you know, did everything was everything after beating Apollo Creed uh, uh, just set up or was it fake or not real? I mean, he truly looked like he was um, like a, a conflicted person. So I, I I I don't know. I've always thought. He was he was a pretty good actor, but again, that's just my two cents.
5: Okay, well, uh, Steve, I think that's, I, I think I, mm. I, that is something that I may not have noticed until you said it. So I appreciate you yep. saying that. Hey, Steve. Ding, ding. Where does this movie fall in the hierarchy of the Rocky movies for you?
4: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it falls in the third third category. The, the, my three. third favorite one. Okay. Number I, three.
5: Thank you, Steve. I appreciate that.
4: Um, Brian, actually, it actually rank it actually ranks behind number four.
5: Ding,
2: ding.
4: Because I actually liked it when he was kicking the commies' ass, but that's okay. <laughs> Here
3: we go. All
5: right, thank you, Steve. Appreciate you clearing th- clearing that up. All right, Ken, Ken any, any any thoughts about um, Sylvester Stallone or
3: I? I can. Uh, I'll just say about Sylvester Stallone. I'll mirror a lot of what Steve said. We talked about him when we did our first Blood. I talked about him at length there. He is. I think a smarter guy than many people gave him credit for because they think he, I think a lot of people just think he's the characters he plays and he's not. He's a very smart guy. Yeah. Generally knows how to pick his roles. He has much, much success and he's still cranking out movies successfully today. He has pretty good range when he wants to use it, but I think he knows what, or at least he thinks he knows what his fans want. And he gives them a lot of the same persona in a lot of movies. But we've commented before, there's a, there's a lot of roles he's had over the years where he has stretched it and gone outside, and he can when he wants to. A character I'll talk about briefly here, uh, and that's Burgess Meredith. Uh, he was obviously very important in this interesting guy with lots of uh, good roles over the years. Like I, I can start naming off all sorts of movies he's been in, but... Uh, he's been important in a lot of them. I mean, last um, last movie I watched, just happened to have him in it, was In Harm's Way. It's a big ensemble cast, and he's in that. Uh, In this, again, in Rocky, he played Mickey, the gruff, tough manager who brings Rocky out of obscurity and gets him up to the championship in Rocky 1 and 2, and like uh, Mark said, is jealously protecting him from... The harm to his reputation and life that he knows is coming if he takes on this, you know, this this new challenger. A thing I always was amused by in this movie was, you know, I've I've heard Burgess Meredith. Very, very cultured, sophisticated guy. He's been in a lot of other movies. But I think to do this role, I think they said, you know, Burgess, we're going to film Monday. It's Friday night.
2: Ding, ding.
3: Here's a case of wild turkey and a case of camel unfiltered. <laughs> you know what you must do. <laughs> like Character actor. That <laughs> voice of his in this is just so gravelly. But yeah. it's, it's endearing. I mean, I like it. Um, so that's, uh, that's what I'll say. I'll let other guys talk about some of the others. So I will throw out this one other guy that deserves more comment here. Ding, ding. And that's Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Wait a minute, you mean Hulk Hogan's in this? Lips, and this right? was in, Hulk Hogan was in his WWE prime when this came out. And a thing this movie does demonstrate is Hulk Hogan is a mountain of a man. He, is, I mean Sylvester Stallone isn't really a shrimp, and Sylvester and Hulk Hogan was like throwing him around like he was a rag doll. But you know. Was he a great actor? No. But was his scenes that he was in interesting? And I'll say, yes, they were. And it was a part of the whole transition. The Hulk Hogan scenes were the transition from Rocky being this dilettante, you know, thinks he's the best on top of the world, getting his ass kicked for real. The Hulk Hogan scenes were showing... This guy's lost his edge, and he's not as smart as he thinks he is, and he's going for a fall. And I thought that was an interesting bridge, because technically you're saying, like, this movie has two fights. Well, to me, that that Hulk Hogan thing looked like a fight to me. They weren't pulling many punches. Although at the very end, it's like after they beat the crap out of each other, it's like, hey, come over here. Let's get a Polaroid with the family. Sure. (laughs) Um,
5: Well, thanks, Ken. Yes, um, I... Very good noticings. All right, Brian. Uh, what say you? Anything you'd like to add?
1: Well, as as regards to Stallone, I tend to agree with what i hear, heard previously. I mean, Stallone. I mean, what, in his scenes where he gets emotional, like again, I, I don't. I, the whole spoiler thing. I don't know about how we deal with this, but
5: there's talk. a certain scene. I'll warn the I'll warn the listeners. Okay, not the klaxon. <laughs> not the klaxon. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert!
4: Die! Die! <laughs> yeah, but when,
1: when at that death scene, Stallone—I mean, he is wailing. I
5: mean,
1: yeah. I mean, he—I—I I, I mean, I'm like, geez, Almighty! I mean, this is real. And even to the point where Mickey. As he's passing, there's a tear going down his eye. I don't know if you caught that just before he quit breathing. So Stallone, Stallone could do a great job. He looked, he managed to look haunted uh, after he got his ass kicked. Uh, and you could see that there was something just that was haunting him. I thought he did a nice job with that. Uh, Ken, you mentioned Burgess Meredith. I mean, he, Burgess Meredith may be... One of the greatest actors we've produced in this country over the years, in all honesty, in his career, God, it ranged from, I mean, he was barely, I mean, he started doing movies like 32 or something like that, or 30. Uh, I mean, of course, he did The Penguin, which is one of his greatest roles, but, 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 I mean, I always think of him in, the, uh, in the, some of his last roles were in the. Uh, the, the old men roles he did the uh, uh, with Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. Grumpy which, old men. Uh, yeah. And he must have got tired of basically like the second movie he's in he had to croak because, you know, <laughs> same the dirty old men or not dirty, grumpy old men. Uh, you know, something along <laughs> that line But happened. Uh, <laughs> dirty old men. Wow. Dirty, dirty old, old men. That would be That's my the- movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but M- Meredith is a great actor. He really is. Uh, But no, Stallone's got great range. He really does. Uh, I mean, and T was very effective. I mean, doing what he had to do. I mean, he's basically—if you saw Mister T and you heard what he had to say—he sounds like an MMA fighter, you know, or or, or the nasty MMA fighter. But he comes off as those guys. He just does.
5: Brian, he seemed supernatural in that role, and I mean, he's—he seemed to. I mean, when I watched this, I mean. I I kind of had this oh shit moment. I mean, like this guy really exuded. Scary. He was kind of scary. And it was like, I mean, so believable. And then he gets, you know, hired for the A-team. And then you find out this guy's going to children's hospitals. He's out there, you know, working with the kids and maybe one of the nicest actors you could possibly ever meet. Did Did you read what happened when
1: he took his mom to this movie? Oh, Yes. <laughs> She, she, When he started talking trash to tell you showers, mom walked out and I didn't raise you to be like that. I didn't raise you to be like that. <laughs> and she stormed out of the movie. Yeah. Isn't that great? And, 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 and that's the, I mean, he, he, apparently he got big and tough because he lived in the south side of Chicago, but he was never a guy that was in trouble or anything like that to my understanding. Uh, and he was, you know, he was the kind of boy's mama wanted him to be. He was a Good. I mean, somehow or other, he got kicked out of college. I don't know what the story is behind that. But, uh, he had a football scholarship. But that could have been a million things. But my impression is he is a good guy, and he is not playing in character when he acts like this. You know. But so, give him some kudos for that.
5: Yeah. No, I think I think that was worth mentioning. I, mean, I think I think probably a several of our listeners know that. Yeah. He he is really. I mean, just apparently just a really nice guy. Um, and, and you saw him in the A team. I mean, you know, he, he he you know, he he fit a certain role in that, you know. And I mean, he played this kind of, you know, badass, but you know, there were times he let his softer side come through. You know, it was it was, you know, he he, he I don't want to say he's got a ton of depth, but he can <clears throat> he can definitely play some personas and and to me, he has some of the best lines in this movie. Uh and, and Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. But um but yeah, you know, Brian or, or Brian, I thought that you would probably know a little bit about Burgess Meredith's you know, storied career. Um, you know, because, you know, like, like with Alec Guinness, a lot of people of a certain age just know him as one role. But, but the man has some, some outstanding movies to his credit. But in the later part of his life, he was just known for one thing. And you know, and and that's sort of you know where I think Burgess Meredith fell into. Um, you know, he had a long history, and then he's you know he's kind of recognized for one role. Uh, but he, long- he has a connection to a uh, to a an a well known Indiana uh,
1: figure from World War II. The uh, legend GI Joe. He played Ernie Pyle from Indiana.
3: Yep, the Great War That's right. Him. That's right. yeah, Burgess Meredith, looking at his filmography, that's a big movie, by the way. He started his first role was in 1935. So when he did this in '82, yeah, you know, he had a, a whole career's worth of movies behind him. Yep, and he still kept going after that. I mean, he was still going up till 2006. He had a bit of a, uh, he had a bit
1: of a kind of a career bubble when, uh, he got caught up in the whole House on american thing back in the fifties. Uh, but, um, uh, but that was, other than that, he was a working actor, pretty prolific working actor and not just working, but damn good one.
3: Yeah.
5: No, I mean, I mean, he, he, you know, w- to steal a line from our show, um, you know, he adds some gravitas to to a lot of these movies. Um you know, he's kind of that a lot of type. voiceover
1: stuff too. A lot, yeah. Kind
5: lot. of like an elder statesman. Yeah. Go on, Brian. No, he just did a lot of I mean there'll be a lot of commercials you'll look back in your over
1: how long is your childhood over the years and if you found out who the who the narrator was on these like certain ad for something, it's Burgess Meredith, cuz he had a really unique voice. Um, and he was a penguin, Jeff.
5: Did I tell you that. Yeah, uh, you know you didn't. But um okay. but uh, but thanks for sharing that. Um Mark, what um I know you shared your thoughts about um, Sylvester Stallone a few weeks ago, uh, and, and I know that you, on the front end of this, you you really you know th- threw some love at uh, Carl Weathers. Um, any any other actors in here besides the the big three that we mentioned that, that you you felt you know were were compelling throughout the
0: movie? Um, compelling. There's an interesting <laughs> term. Uh. Yeah, you know, I'll just circle back. You know, Carl Weathers. I thought this was Carl Weathers' movie, and he did a good job in it. And he was, you know, the other character that you do see kind of in the background, who is um, effective in a character role. In the let's just say he's the reverse of the metal. He's the competent to Polly's incompetence is Tony Burton uh-huh. as Duke. Yep. he's the guy who runs the gym. You know, and he's really He's really the guy in the background that's getting Rocky ready with, um, Carl Weathers. And I think, you know, he's done a ton of stuff. If you look him up, you'll know him. He's done all, he's been in all, he was in Rocky four. He was in Rocky because he was Apollo Creed's trainer. Right. So he's great. We touched on Carl Weathers, um, iconic actor still out there. He's doing a lot of TV now, um, He did Predator, which is probably one of his best roles. And he's probably best known for Happy Gilmore. (laughs) As the golf pro. Um, But, you know, a very good actor, very accomplished. I I will say, uh, to be less than complimentary, um, I think two of the roles that are just inhabited and I'll be kind and just use that term, are Burt Young as Pauly and Talia Shire as Adrian. They're, they're just there. Now, that could be because they don't have material to work with, but the whole first 10 minutes, 15 minutes, with Burt Young kind of wandering around and getting drunk and thrown in the drunk tank, um, it was, I almost had to think that that was Stallone just getting, giving Burt some time um, because it was extraneous to the movie. It didn't need to be in there. And Talia Shire, you know, she got some amazing breaks in in acting or in movies. But that didn't mean why. she was, well, that doesn't, all I'll say is this. Talia, what you see with Talia Shire in this movie is what you see in every movie. If you go watch The Godfather, same. If you go watch Godfather 2, same. She's pretty Yeah. Whatever for whatever reason she has been in some movies. And I don't know and I don't care to know. I know Brian.
2: Ding ding.
0: You just stay mute. <laughs> Ow. Ow. You, it just it's not a bad
1: thing. It's just you, a
4: real thing.
0: Right. She's you know it the genetic lottery is what it is. Um, but I think everybody's already touched on the actors and I think it's a good cast. I will, one last person, we mentioned Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan's not an an actor. He's an entertainer. Yes. And his 10 minutes are thoroughly entertaining because he's playing Hulk Hogan of the WWE. And I love the bit at the end where he's like, hey, that's just what we do. You know, we give
5: him a show. Well, Um, you know, Mark, let me jump in real quick. I mean, when. I'm done. Oh well, I mean, when just touching on Hulk Hogan, I mean, when he when he showed up for this role, he he wasn't known as Hulk Hogan at the time, and and matter right. of fact, Hulk Hogan was born out of this role. I mean, the, what we have, <clears throat> um, I think Brian's probably up on the whole. Um, the the, <laughs> the whole wrestling um, uh, beginnings and foundation, you know, in the you know the sixties and seventies, and probably going back, you know, much before that. But it was during this time that, yes, he, you know, you, you started to have uh, the centralization of the uh, wrestling uh, federations around the country, and um, and and he was one of the first ones that that they said, you know, what this guy has a lot of potential. He has great charisma. He's a giant giant of a man and he's a beastly man and he was <clears throat> he he, car- he his personality you know will carry him through to, to the showman that he was and 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 you you know just a few years later he was already in the circuit but he you know hulk hogan was born um you know at this point him and andre the giant were already wrestling wrestling together and it, 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 it there's a there's a few wrestling uh Um, documentaries out there that are actually quite fascinating about the beginnings or the I should say the time period leading up to the WW, what was the WWF, turned into the WWE because the World Wildlife Federation had issue with the WWF. So that's why they <laughs> changed to WWE. But if you are a listener or if you guys are interested, there are some great documentaries, and I'll, I'll try to locate them. I, I was completely fascinated. Of course, there's the one about Andre the Giant that also um, really was... Tragic, but also fascinating too. Um, but the but his career really was catapulted from this movie here, and this movie would not be the same. At least the beginning of the movie wouldn't be the same without his role, which really added, I think, kind of a dimension to where we were with Rocky during this time, and you know, kind of the excesses that he was living and. Yeah, uh, you know, and from here, you know that the story kind of starts to—I don't—I don't, I don't want to say bog down, but it just—it's searching for, you know, kind of why we're here at times. I think, um, and, and and then we get to the first fight, and then it's kind of—it—I it, it, don't want to say it's a cosine, but it kind of ebbs and flows what we're having to, where Rocky is throughout this movie. So. This is one of the high times, and then we kind of get to a low time, and then we kind of get to a high time and get to a low time. So, All right. Um, any other thoughts, you guys? I mean, I know some of you are big Talia Shire fans.
2: Ding, ding.
5: Um, well, <laughs> uh, let, let, let me – because
1: I think Mark thought I was going a different direction. No, I knew where you were going, but she, I was she also is worried. is of the Nicholas Cage school of how to be a success in acting. Right. It helps to have the last name of Coppola and to be the sister of Francis Ford Coppola. Or the nephew of him, which is Cage's situation. So yep. that explains everything when it comes to her, as far as I'm concerned. So, and by the way, Jeff, I don't know everything about wrestling because I was a roadie for the Andrews sisters back in those days. So, uh, <laughs> oh my God. but this was this was the movie that made Hulk Hogan, because he was not the megastar in the WWF. It it. it they they plucked him at that point, and they made him into what he was. Of course, you look at the dude, you're thinking, like, there was no way he wasn't going to be. I mean, he, he is a beast, any way you cut it. Beastly man, yes. All right. Uh, yeah, this was a manly man movie, Mark. <laughs> yes. it, was, it, it was a romance movie. <laughs> a little hey, too Jeff, much. Can... Even Sheila cringed.
4: Jeff, Steve. is it okay if I just uh, make a quick
5: comment? Uh, absolutely, Steve. Uh,
4: you know, one thing that Mark uh, mentioned in the beginning of the show, and I i feel remiss for not um, thinking about it at the time, but, y- you know, the thing is, is actors go. Um, Carl Weathers, I mean, when you think about it, he actually almost stole the show. Yep. And, Mark, yep. that, was, that was actually a really, really good point um, that you made. You really almost overlook how much of an impact Carl Weathers made on this movie. I mean, he was—I I, honestly—I think he was probably just as important in a movie as, he, as as Rocky was. Yes, mm-hmm. and um, and and performance-wise, I mean, I think his acting was just spot on. I mean, I always liked Carl Weathers. I mean, I thought he was always a great actor anyway. But he was. Uh, I, I thought this was like him at his best. Mm-hmm. This was the, the, probably the best performance. I mean, in the in the previous ones, yes, he was that cocky. There was that arrogance, but this was there was just something about it. And I didn't really think about it until you brought it up, Mark. That was actually a very good observation. He actually did make this movie. Yeah, I think. I so. think. Yeah, far more than I think even uh, Stallone.
0: Well, but. I think he elevated the movie. I think that's yes. why yeah. it is yeah. an, as enjoyable as it is.
4: Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Without him, I don't think it would be, again,
2: Ding, ding.
4: I know where it ranks, but yeah, you're right. It, he, he elevated it very well.
0: Jeff, one other thing I meant to mention, Mr. T, when my wife was growing up, she lived on the north side of Chicago. And when he got successful, that's where he moved back to. He was from Chicago, and he moved up to the north side of Chicago. And you mentioned what a class act he is. He would go, everybody, when he was in town, he would bend over backwards to be gracious and great to the kids, to the neighborhood. They got a little upset with him, my wife said, when he started cutting down a bunch of pine trees on his property. But, you know, if he was in town, he was just that guy. Yeah, he was Mr. T., but he was truly just this gregarious, outgoing guy, would stop to have his picture taken with anybody, loved to hang out with people. Um, he was just folk. So she said he was just always, she was, yeah, miss, She when I first went up to where her parents used to live, she goes, yeah, that's Mr. T's place. And she just related how he truly was just this genuinely good guy. So, yeah, when you mentioned that, I, I wanted to circle back because... Um, you know, first person, she she saw him on occasion, and he was that guy.
5: And there's a lot of you know, actors can their reputations can be known, and if you're if you're a uh, you know a, a real asshole, it's going to be known. On the other side, you know, like like there's a lot of actors out there that are are known because of their kindness, generosity, their charity. Like uh, um, Keanu Reeves is another one. Right. Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise. Um, There's a lot of Chicago guy, by the way. Yes. Um, One of you has a story about that. Right. Um, But, yeah, I think knowing who he is and then watching him in here with his intensity. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, if he's a football player, maybe, maybe he's got a persona. But I mean, you know, these guys are actors and they play certain roles. And sometimes, you know, you know, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro can can play themselves and we love it but you know it it's you know i i really steve appreciate you you know circling back to carl weathers because he he does sort of elevate the show in a different way and he does make it that ensemble that ensemble piece that this movie is which is which that's why i think it it stands different than the other movies um yeah there's always going to be an adversary because it's a boxing movie but at the same time we have an evolution of their friendship, of their roles, of who they are. And, 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 and I think that's why this movie is different and, and sort of Rocky's in a different place. And, and that's why I think it is a different movie. And I think that's okay. And, I, and that's why I enjoy it. All right. Let's, um, let, Brian. Well, real quick, sure. I, uh, talking about
1: Weathers, I thought one of the important things was the, con- the connection between Weathers and Rocky wasn't just that they have been champs. You learned, as you saw where Weathers came from, he came from the same place Rocky did. They were they were basically different sides of the same coin. East Coast, West Coast. But basically, in fact, you know, he's freaking Bert Young. He's bitching and moaning about it. I can't believe we're in this place. Well, I'm looking at Bert Young. I'm like, that's the place you were five years ago. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. where you were. Yep. Uh, but the point being is, and it was the important point, was that Weathers, Apollo Creed was just like Rocky. He just he came up through the same route, the same place. He had a different persona, but he was the same guy. And, and the other important thing, and I'll actually get more into that in my whole closing talk, is he'd lost it all, too. And he knew what it felt like. And so it was a little bit of redemption
5: for him, but he also understood what Rocky was going through. So Well, more importantly, Brian, Apollo Cree knew that he needed to get out of the game. And Burgess Meredith's character had been telling Rocky... He needed to get out of the game. And and so, you know, Apollo is where Rocky should be, but you know what? They're gonna give it one more go together. And 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 that's you know, that that, that partnership is what is gonna get them past this time is they can't do it they can't do it alone, so they're gonna do it together. And I think it's and, and a part that's why I don't think it's formulaic. Right. I mean sure the fight the, the
1: redemption thing, yeah I get that that's every movie but the way they got there I that's not I've never seen anything like that Have you ever no. seen a movie where the guy you beat the champ comes back and yeah I've just never seen that no so but I sorry didn't mean this, to interrupt
5: this 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 may be one of you know we talked to last week about um Sands of Iwo Jima being sort of the template that some of this is made on. Um, these war movies are made on, and and you know, and this this whole redemption story, you know, I, I you know, again, I'm I don't know the entire filmography of Hollywood, but I mean, you know, th- this this does sort of stand out, I think, a little bit, and this may be things that, or there would be maybe other movies that steal from this because I think it does it pretty well and you know and and one of the themes in this movie is you know you 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 have to go back to your roots and that's what you see play throughout the movie um and and, and so yeah brian i agree with you it, it doesn't feel like this has been trotted over a lot this is it feels like you know they, they found a way to extend this series in a in a in a in a in a new way and and it, and i think it works well let's jump over to um, let's talk about the fighting because we, I don't know if we can talk about the Rocky movie without talking about the fighting that goes on here. And uh, Steve, I'm going to throw it to you because Steve is often in many of our, uh, references to this movie. Um, he has said, you know, there is no way two fighters can go toe to toe like this in a movie and last a half a round. If they're going to take these punches, because one of the hallmarks of this series is when when somebody lands a punch, I mean, it sounds like lightning and thunder.
4: No, I think what I've said in the past, not so much with boxing movies, when you see people fighting and I'm talking about like the the bare knuckle fighting, um, that's the kind of stuff that you just can't sit there and waylay at each other. Um actually I think boxers, I think one of the reasons these guys get so screwed up is because those those gloves are padded in such a way. Th- those gloves are padded in such a way as like you're not taking the full brunt. Uh, and I don't know if you guys watch any MMA, but yeah. You know, it's there's not a lot I mean, there's a couple of blows hit and then it's grapple and it's down to the floor because you just can't bare knuckle. You just can't beat the shit out of people like that. And I, I mean, no one can take that. I mean, you know, I I don't care if you've got, you know, a, a jaw of granite or not, but with boxing, um, it's a little bit different. You know, those gloves, those gloves actually, I think soften the blows quite a bit to a certain extent. Um, but like I said, you don't see that in, um, the MMA fights, um, you can't take those kind of hits. I mean, you just you don't. And but the fighting, the fighting shots in this movie, I thought were actually really good. And as a matter of fact, it's I actually watched it really <clears throat> carefully for the for the first time. And what was interesting is the way they would show. You never very it, it was like all the time when you would see somebody being hit. You always saw them from behind, and. I'm amazed, I think, the, uh, uh, about these movies, of all the Rocky movies I thought were really good, just the choreography, how they actually were not, you know, <laughs> you got you to gotta make it look good, but you don't want to make it look too good because you may actually hit these dudes. And I don't know, I, I thought I remember reading something, like I think in the first Rocky movie, I think there was a few times Apollo Creed and... Uh, or uh, Carl Weathers and and Stallone basically tagged each other pretty hard because um, they you know you're trying to choreograph it you're trying to make it look like you hit them but you didn't hit them and so I I thought the fight scenes in this were pretty good but like I said
5: Ken what are your thoughts on the fighting in this movie or at least the the scenes I mean what 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 do you well, feel they, is they, the d- they did here? a
3: good job again they're trying to show the the back and forth, and, you know, oh, Apollo's up, uh, or, you know, you know uh, Rocky's up, he's up, you know, he's going, oh, no, you know, clubber got him back down against the ropes. Uh, obviously, it's dramatic, but it looks pretty real, like Steve said. The choreography's pretty good. There is that effect you talked about where it sounds like, you know, every every blow is like somebody's whacking somebody with a two by four. I mean, there's yeah. bone crunching sound <laughs> effects. Uh, I will say, y'all, if I was in that ring facing either of those men at that time in that shape, uh, if they did hit me, I would have been dead. I mean, <laughs> they weren't even pros. And that's, that's a thing I'll say anytime I'm talking about a fight scene, it's like, I'm the last guy to really, you know, critique the realism of a fight because like if I was had any of those guys hitting me I would be down it'd be like you know same thing if you're like you know put me in the front line of the Colts and uh you know hold back the other team now I'd just be run over and dead I mean it's, it's <laughs> the, the, this movie does do a good job of showing the amount of training and dedication that's what this is all about the eye of the tiger the 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 hunger, the, 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 you got to put your time in and suffer to get to the top, and that's what a lot of this movie is about. And I think it showed; uh, those guys were in great shape. The fight scenes were relatively believable, but not perfect. But they're being played for dramatic effect, so I'm not going to care. You know, uh, Mark. So yeah, the, I think. Go ahead, keep keep going, Ken. No, I was going to say, just overall, they were well done, and again, I, I thought they fit the movie perfectly.
5: You know, Mark, what stands out from this movie compared to the other ones, you know, the other two movies, you, sh- you see these two fighters go toe-to-toe. And as Brian had said at the beginning of this, this is the first time you have two fights. And both of them right. are very short, yet just as brutal. And uh, and they don't take, you know, a ton of time. But I find they're both effective. What what are your thoughts about the, you know, the, the two different fights? Um. Well, I
0: wouldn't even call the first one a fight. Right. It was a beatdown. Yeah. Um,
3: <laughs> which, which has to
5: happen because it's got to set us up for the last you know, five, six of the show, right? right? Yeah. Right.
0: You know, that's a beatdown. Um, I've always thought that, the, by and large, the Rocky movies weren't so much boxing movies as they were brawling movies in the sense of a style. You know, this, they were brought clubber Lang's a brawler, you know, Apollo Creed was not Rocky's kind of a brawler. And they even talk about that when they're trying to train him how to move and how to, how to, how to be a finesse fighter because he can't brawl clubber Lang. You you know, it's the, you know, it's the old Sun Tzu, I can't, I can't use my strength against the enemy. He has too much of my type of strength. So I have to find a different way to beat him um and i i think that works again we've touched on i don't know that much about boxing but i know rocky can't the the, the second fight where he's like you know come on hit me again hit me again hit me again <laughs> okay for dramatic effect that's great but um you know it <laughs>
1: That, it only know, took two you, of those hits the first
0: time to knock out. Right. Right. You know, so, so, you know, I guess he got that metal plate in his head, but, you know, he's got to be careful now so he can take those punches. He's got to be careful around the microwave though. Um,
4: <laughs> yeah. So he
0: can endure those punches. I mean, it, in that sense, they are what they are. They're, they're the beat down fight. And then the, um, I can take your beating fight. Uh, and, Do they get you excited? Yeah, of course they do. Um, I, I would have said, my only, again, it's, and again, I'm not a boxing fan, but I think it would have been interesting if they had stayed with what they had trained Rocky to do, which was have the fight, but don't turn it into a brawl. Because originally he's tagging him, he's tagging him, he's tagging him, he's getting him frustrated. And then it devolves into a brawl. It would have been, I think, even more effective if it had been a float like a butterfly, sting like a bee kind of a fight, um, where Rocky just slowly tags this guy apart piece by piece. He gets his, yeah, round two. Mr. T gets in and beats him up, but he doesn't lose the finesse that um, that uh, Apollo Creed had trained into him. I thought that. I think that would have made it for a more interesting fight. Because we've seen this type of rocky fight before, not that it wasn't entertaining, it was, but um, I think it would have just been more interesting to to go the distance on um, the Apollo Creed style of fighting. But that's me.
5: Um, Brian, did you did you pick up something that I again I've, I've I've viewed this damn thing thirty times and and it really hit me the difference in the way the fighters trained for the second fight and why Rocky was victorious. did you pick that up?
1: Well, I mean I, I mean the first fight the, the, the training was like a I mean it was it was it was in public. it was interrupted by groupies or Frank Stallone, his brother being the singer in the background. Uh, I mean it wasn't training. I mean, it was more like a, a victory tour. You know, I'm riding an exercise bike every few hours. I mean, he didn't. He basically didn't train. Uh, but if he had, honestly, mixed training was very different than the training he had in California.
5: Yeah.
1: I mean, they put right. him in the they put him in the water to exercise all <laughs> parts of his body. It did work on his endurance. Uh, they did. They worked on his speed, even though. One of the uh, one of the more interesting things I always notice when Carl Weathers and Stallone are running against each other, Stallone, it's like every angle and jaunt and part of his body is flying in a different direction. He <laughs> is not a natural runner or sprinter, whereas Weathers just flowed, you know. Mm-hmm. But Stallone, everything is flying every which direction. And By the way, you know, having done some running in my day. Uh, one of the things you don't want to do is have uh, the parts of your body angling out in directions other than forward. <laughs> you kind of w- want to make things go forward or backwards, but that's the general direction they want to go. But, but the training was very different. Uh, There's a lot more endurance training. There's a lot more quickness training. Uh, in fact, there was all quickness. There's very little power involved, which was what his stuff had been before. You know, they trained him like an ox previously. Mm-hmm. They were training him very differently this, this, this. So it was a very different type of training. So you know I I don't know if there's some other nuance I missed Jeff but but it was a very different type of training
5: well um it, you know when you watch clubber you know it, well besides the fact that when uh, you know, when you see them training you know clubbers in a very you know dark gritty type of environment and of course you know you have rocky with you know lights and and fireworks and all kinds of stuff going on but you know even when he goes and has taken um, his training with Apollo. If you look at Clubber's workout regiment, he is going strictly for power. That's all he is, that's all he's doing. And if you look at what, you know, Rocky's going through, I mean, it is, it is a cross training. It is a, you know, we're conditioning the entire thing. And of course, you know, they they, you know, they, it, for a while there well, for the longest time I mean I always was aware of you know uh, apollo and, and and um and his trainer saying you know we can only go about three rounds and that's all we're gonna have we got to put this guy out and that's because you know I mean they, you know they knew that he couldn't stand there and take it but the thing that really allowed him to win is I mean you know he was a far rocky was a far more conditioned guy to be able to go and withstand it and longer because clubber was Sort of like, you know, this is about the time that Mike Tyson came out. And Mike Tyson was a terrifying man in the ring. And it was Mm -hmm. really weird to see both of these. I mean, you've got Clubber, who is a fictional character. And I think that Mike Tyson finished maybe second in the Olympics, or he came close. Uh, he He wasn't an Olympic champion. But, I mean, he came out about... Three or four years later, maybe, as far as into, you know, on his rise to the heavyweight championship. But he was very similar to Clubber, where it was, I mean, the man was frightening to watch. Um, And, but he couldn't go long. I mean, if you could keep him in the ring and if you could, if you, if you could keep him there and keep him going, then you're going to wear him down. And I, it was, it was really fun for me to watch that in this go-around where it was like, okay, well, this is why they could only, they planned for three rounds because they could wear him down. And that's, you know, that's why he would talk about him, you know, breathing heavy and all that, um, that, you know, he just could not. Uh, now, you, you, again, we can go back to the whole strategy of Rocky, you know, you know, taking just these bone-crunching um, punches, which, you know, if you watch the breakdown of that fight, you know the first round it clearly goes Rocky's way, but I remember sitting there in the theater for the second round, and I remember watching and thinking, "Oh my God, this is going to happen again." Of course, you know I'm whatever. I'm just a ute at that time, so you know I didn't know exactly how stories played out. But I was like, "Oh my God, he's getting ready to go down again." I mean, this is what we saw on the first fight, and you know, of course, then the third round. You know, spoiler alert. You know, he comes back, and you know, and as Polly says, he's getting mad, but. Um, you know it it the, the way that they orchestrated that fight and not just that but you got the crowd around um, you know the camera work is it's in my opinion some of the some of the best you know I mean it rivals um, miracle in my opinion of you know camera work for a sporting event um, and and how they are able to sell their punches as these cameras are rolling at different angles to them Um. It, and the intensity that they have for these matches with the ringside announcing. I mean, it, to me, this, these are some of the best scenes as far as action packed, intensity filled mm-hmm. scenes um, because. They they figured out that formula on how to do it, and I think that is a true testament to one of the strengths of Sylvester Stallone's eye for how to do that. One of you, I think it might have been Steve at the beginning, had said, "You know, so St- Stallone knows what he wants to do, what what the audience wants, and and he's mm-hmm. a genius in that sense."
2: Ding, ding.
5: Unlike George Lucas, okay. Um, I found I found a way to sneak that in there. You guys didn't even see it coming. Wow. Did you? <laughs> well. no. Just. Hey, go ahead, Mark. Hey, you know, Jeff, you know, one thing I wish they had
0: done with this movie. Yep. Um, and I mentioned it earlier is ditch that whole um, Polly in the drunk tank thing. And yep. what I wish they had done with that block of time was give me the backstory on Clubber Lang. I would have yeah. seen a little character yes. development as to why this guy is so vicious. angry, angry, vicious. <laughs> you know because that could have made him in some ways a more compelling character. I mean he was a machine he was a force of nature that that came across but I really wish that we had had a seven to ten minute backstory on him. I well, think that would have elevated it would have elevated the narrative a little more
1: you, you could have found out that basically how Mick was engineering fights, to avoid Clubber Lang and why right. he was, I mean, he was angry anyway. You'd see him sitting there watching Rocky just shaking his head like, I'm going to kill right. you someday. But but then you could have it added to the fact that, like, Mick is manipulating these fights so that Lang's not getting a shot at the champ.
0: You know, and the whole meltdown, that whole tirade in front of the statue towards Talia Shire, you know, the whole, you know, why don't you come to my place? Um, you know, there could have been an interesting backstory as to why is he so angry and why is he so abusive towards everybody? Um, and it, it, it almost became tropish. and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying anything went from Mr. T, but I just wish they had done that with the character. I think that would have made it a much stronger movie. And I'm not saying that would have made him a sympathetic character, but I'll use what I'll call the Magwa. Um, <laughs> the, the, the Magwa, uh, Character development. You, you did. You weren't supposed to like Magua, but you learned why Magua was the way he was in Last of the Mohicans, and you could at least understand his motivation, even though you did not agree with it per se.
2: Ding, ding.
1: He's a lot more interesting character than the other two. I'm sorry, but right. So
5: anyway, that was Brian. Are you talking about? You are you talking about in this movie? Ding, ding.
1: He was a lot more interesting character than Talia Shire. Or uh yes. or, his, or, or uh his his brother. Or young, oh, yeah. young. Yeah. Well, he's sort of like the guitarist with mystique.
5: I said he's sort of like the guitarist with mystique, right? I mean yep. he's there, you see him, but you don't know much about him, therefore you want to know more about him, right? Yeah. Um
4: I I just want to throw something out because now the more we're talking about this movie, I'm starting to find a little bit better appreciation for it. Um what was interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's that's right, that's right, Jeff.
2: Ding, ding.
4: You Actually, was, you know I realized something, Steve. God.
5: Eight eight plus years, I realized <laughs> this podcast is not for our listeners; it's for you.
4: Yeah,
0: therapy.
4: You know what's kind of interesting is you know because this whole thing really kind of stems on the fact that like we said, uh, Mickey was protecting Rocky. It was like after he got the title, it was like I was, they weren't set up fights, but Mickey was making sure he was not going to go up against a club or laying tight. But what's interesting is when you go back and look at Rocky one, that's essentially what Apollo Creed's managers were doing with him because there was one point. When Apollo's Creed, if you go back to the first one, when his trainer said, you do not want to fight this man. Because there was that one scene where like Rocky is in the meatpacking plant and he's just like punching the shit. And you could see his tra- and the train and Apollo and Apollo Creed's trainer was, like watching the thing going. Oh, my God, <laughs> <laughs> this guy yeah. is going to kill it's like this, I and I think it's kind of that same thing. It's like you get to a certain point and, and And I think that's one thing about this movie that it does say about, like, the eye of the tiger. It's like, you know, you get to a certain point, you're hungry, you're hungry, you get it. And then once you've had that meal, ah, I'm good. And you always think you can just keep doing it but it's like you don't have that same hunger you don't have that same desire so yeah it's it's kind of interesting because it's not until we've been talking about this i started thinking about that from the original rocky where apollo creed just was like hey i need some you know i want to just go out and do something to help my career i mean it's a little bit different because that's not what rocky was doing in this one but Apollo Creed thought he was invincible, but he also didn't realize there's there's always a bigger fish. There's always somebody out there that's more hungry. So, just wanted to throw that out there. I'm Polander
1: Andrew. Out with that. I guess I'll go ahead and blow up my closing thoughts. are going to be because no, <laughs> don't, do don't, do don't, that. That. Well, don't do that. Don't do that. Well, but what you're saying is exactly where I'm going to yeah. be headed with this. So, so I'll make a hole.
5: Okay. All right, guys. Well, we are uh, we're about an hour and a half into this, so um, I think we have um, I think we've talked a good deal about uh, you know the, 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 the main aspects of this movie. I mean, there's there's a lot there's there's a lot of themes in this movie, and I think our listeners can pick up on some of them, and we don't need to go into all of them. Um, the, the last thought on uh, on uh, on Talia Shire and um, Burt Young is you know they're they're the, they're they're the wallpaper. They're there in the house. We're not talking about them. <laughs> they're just—they're just there. They're part of the drapery. We just—we you know, see them. You know, we—we—we're we, pained by them, but we're—we're not gonna—you know—we're not gonna do anything about it. So, all right, gentlemen. Well, thank you, uh, guys. Uh, I asked you to bring—we talked a little bit about some trivia tonight, but I asked you all to bring a piece of trivia that you found interesting to the podcast. Uh, Ken, what did you find anything else interesting? So we've already talked about some, but there's a lot of others out there. And, and if you guys don't get to some, I'll, I'll bring them up. But, Ken, did you have anything? that? Because you, you're, you're the trivia guy. I'll let you know
3: that today I've been a very busy man. I've been about town. I've been to the north side. I've been downtown. I've been moving and shaking and doing my thing. And I evidently didn't have any time to look at any message you said about trivia, so all right Whoa, well, no, I have no trivia. Ken, I'll I'll
5: give you I'll give you three minutes. Okay, Brian, do you have any <laughs> trivia that you noticed for this movie? I noticed a piece of art
1: in the movie which made me curious. And uh, there is an artist that either his art or he or both is in every single Rocky movie up through the last movie, the 2006 movie, except the first movie. Who is that artist? Andy Warhol. And if, no, if you're a sports Le- guy, you know. Leroy oh, Neiman. Leroy Neiman. Leroy Neiman, both his art is in this movie, and he was an announcer mm-hmm. in the wrestling match. Oh! <laughs> okay. Okay. But Leroy yeah. Neiman is uh Leroy Neiman art is very famous, Jeff. It's kind of splashes a color and you put it together. It's almost like a mosaic in paint. Oh, I know exactly what you're talking athletes. about. Was oh, it okay. is yeah. it was and
5: it at the was it at the end of the movie? It's at the, it end, end, of the, of the end of the movie. Yeah. No, it's no, at no. The end, yeah. I love I love that. I love that um that expression of art. Yes, I love it. It's great.
1: Many, many many years ago, uh a friend of mine's brother was a painter and he took a photo of a track meet I was at and painted that. Cool. Did a did a Neiman replica?
5: Nice, nice, Brian. That's awesome. I'm glad you. I'm glad you brought that, Mark. I know you won't let me down. What do you have?
0: All right, I got a curious one. So, th- this is an interesting um, boxing piece of trivia. You know the beautiful home that Rocky. The exterior shots, the beautiful palatial home that you see in one or two scenes of Rocky's house. Mm-hmm. The outdoor very. Uh, white marble and stone. Um, that's Muhammad Ali's home in Chicago. That's the exterior of Muhammad Ali's home oh. in
1: Chicago.
5: Oh, I'll be darn. Nice. Did not know yep. that. See, I yep. knew, I knew it. Ding, ding. All right, Ken, we're talking slow here, so um, Steve, <laughs> I,
3: I, I, I'm ready. All right, I knew
5: you wouldn't disappoint me a second time. All right, but before we get back to you, um, Steve, what, uh, what kind of fun tidbit do you have for us?
4: Um, Well, I actually had to pull up the IMDB trivia because I was kind of lazy, but... You have failed me for the last time. I do like the very first one on there. It says, according to an interview given by Mr. T, uh, he said he attended the movie's premiere with his mom. It says, during the scene where he yells lured remarks at Adrian, his mother turned him and said, I didn't raise you to talk like that to a lady and walked out of the theater. So... (laughs) I thought that was pretty fun. <laughs> I mean, that's hysterical.
1: <laughs> you have failed me for the last time.
5: Steve. Ding, ding. We do a little podcast here, and um, we mentioned that about 45 minutes ago on this podcast. Were you oh. not here for that?
4: No, I probably was taking a pee or something. Okay, else, all but, right. Uh... Do you hey, want to try again? <laughs>
5: yeah. You know what? I ain't got
4: no more. I got no more trivia. I'm not running this show anymore. I'm. I'm... <laughs> Jeff, this guy's going to kill you to death. He's
1: <laughs> a running machine. He'll knock you to tomorrow. <laughs> I was,
0: are
5: they I was, carrying
0: I was, Steve in? No. He's, he's that tall. Oh, that's,
5: that's such a great life. Why are they I, carrying him in? They're not. <laughs> <laughs> they're not.
4: Yeah, no, I'm a, I'm gonna be throwing you under the cheap seats after this show. So
5: we should get that as a picture for our listeners someday.
4: <laughs> um, oh, oh, it can be arranged. I'm I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I can, you're, can
5: arrange that. You, to your defense, you're nowhere near 6'7". So, and you realize you'd throw your back but out. But I, yeah, I was gonna say I am every bit of two hundred two pounds. So um, <laughs> all muscle, and I'm dangerous over short distances. All right, Ken. <laughs> Ken, what say you on
3: the trivia? Well, i I using a quick perusal of uh, Wikipedia. It reminded me of a story that was out there. It's been bouncing around for years, and it, every once in a while it gets on my radar screen. But for this movie, one of the scenes, an important scene, is Rocky helping to unveil a picture of, or rather a bronze por- a bronze statue of himself on the steps of the museum. And that's where Mr. T has his confrontation that drags Rocky, challenges, you know, challenges his manhood, and gets Rocky to agree to fight Mr. T. In most movies, if you had that as the scene, they would have just had the prop department whip up some fiberglass or clay statue and plop it up there. But in this one, you know, Rocky, uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone commissioned a bronze, full-size big statue to be made, and it's the the one where Rocky's got his fists in the air, his gloves, you know, exulting in championship, and they put it there, and then, you know, when the movie was, you know, things were over, the museum and the city said, well, you know, it's a movie prop, let's get it out of there, because we're a very serious art museum. But the Lots of people in Philadelphia said, no, no, we want this statue on the steps of our museum. And there's like petition drives and controversy, and they got it put up there. And then the city fathers moved it somewhere more inconspicuous, and then people protested again and had them move it to a more prominent place. And uh, evidently today, you know, actually back in 2006, it got moved to the bottom of the stairs in Uh the movie. It's at the top of the steps at the... Today, you evidently can find it at the bottom of the steps, but it's still there, and that, that Rocky statue you see is indeed the Rocky statue from the movie. One of my
5: favorite bits of trivia, Ken. Yes, I'm glad you, you mentioned that, because um, I didn't know it. I didn't know that. I thought it was actually at the top, and the art museum was like, no, no,
3: it's a movie prop. <laughs> we don't want anything to do with that. <laughs> and it's also been featured in other movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to this, it was in uh, Mannequin, and it also appeared in the movie Philadelphia.
5: It's in a TV ad right now. We'll uh, we'll be doing Mannequin here in about uh, five podcasts. Um, it's got Nazis in it, Jeff. Uh, well, I mean, you know, um, you know, it's got a love story like um, Casablanca. All right. Um, yeah. What about you? Do you have trivia? Uh, I do have trivia. So uh, you guys know the iconic song in uh, in um, in this movie, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: unfortunately,
5: yeah, they, By Survivor It's uh, yeah. Eye of the Tiger by Survivor Do you know the uh, other song That was in consideration For this movie Oh Brian does And Brian can you tell us what movie That that song ended up in oh. Well
1: there were two Well there was one I heard that We Are the Champions Was one of the songs that was won okay. But there was another song that was commissioned for this movie I Yes believe. there were two songs that were commissioned For this movie but Stallone, I thought, wanted, wanted – I keep wanting to say bicycles, but I think a
3: Fat-bottom <laughs> <laughs> girl? Yeah,
1: you yeah, wanted fat-bottom girl. I, I don't know why I want to say that. But uh, and, and We Are the Champions uh, is part of that song. That's right. Uh, but, but, uh, but, but Stallone, I think, wanted We Are the Champions. But but there was another song commissioned, Jeff. You're right. And it went to another movie, and I cannot think what movie that was. So
5: That movie. Did, uh, did any of you guys – other of you guys know which one? which movie or what the song was okay Sylvester Stallone chose Survivor he felt that was more appropriate to the movie the other movie was you're the best which is the theme song or the main song for the Karate Kid both of them iconic for each of the movies and I can't say that I think that that song would have been better for this movie. I think Sylvester Stallone chose the right song for them.
1: Per- I, it's a perfect song. Sorry. Yeah. I know Mark Cringe is.
5: I love this song. I love this song. Well, it's just. the it, just. It's, it got displayed. It was
1: the, the yeah. number two
4: song single of the year, Yeah. 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 It uh, no, just came to, love love to love. Love. So the right. the it's like, I liked it the first see, thousand times i heard it. <laughs> <And> after <laughs> that, it starts to... like. Uh, yeah. it,
3: it is a great accompaniment no to that initial that. montage of this movie, which I like so much. Yeah. I mean, when that first set of beats takes off, it just makes the montage have an energy that it would have been lacking without that. So yeah. I will give it credit. Ding,
1: ding. It, it it has the same feeling to Mark as you don't bring me flowers. Have to me uh, oh. <laughs> freshman year in college.
0: Holy cow! Oh man! <laughs> Except that, that song coming? has
1: no redeeming qualities to fucking start with. <laughs> wow! <laughs> and
4: so we so can do a whole get. podcast <laughs> on music <laughs> in movies that we hate. Oh god! That.
3: Well, that, I will just throw out. Speaking of movie or speaking of uh, music. I just feel compelled to tell you I was driving down the street today going to see some friends and on the radio out of the blue came Amos Moses by the great Jerry, Jerry Reed. Reed. Jerry you don't Reed. hear Amos Moses. so oh, I
1: can God. sing that song word for word. But you won't. <laughs> but I won't. Because <laughs> I'm not liquored up.
5: All right. Well, gentlemen, thank you all for uh, bringing your A-game to the... Um, to the trivia I appreciate it and now it's time for brother
0: what you drinking oh what's you drinking
5: what you drinking drink Brian what say you tonight <laughs> well Jeff you know uh, I, you know I'm married to Sheila and uh... <laughs>
1: Oh, last wait time we checked, yes. I did that routine last week. Yes.
5: Sorry,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, Jeff, and Jeff cut it out. <laughs> Parts of it anyway. Point of parliamentary <laughs> procedure:
5: um, uh, I didn't do the edit last week, so <laughs> <laughs> but uh,
1: but I still got my two bottles of sake just waiting here. Well, that's great. Oh,
4: here we go. God, <laughs> don't.
1: Ding, ding. <laughs>
5: here we go here we go all right thank you brian ken what are you uh what are you bringing to the podcast tonight
3: well tonight i decided to be a conformist because you know usually i'm a man of my own i march to my own tune when it comes to drinking i often drink things that you guys would never even consider touching and on our last podcast Mark of all people. Usually, Mark is a nice guy. I've always (laughs) trusted Mark to have my back. Ding, ding. Here we go. (laughs) But he berated my choice of drink. Damn straight. The vicious. The backhanded compliment. So I decided, for once, I should just conform and have a drink that he will at least go, hmm, and won't berate me or abuse me. And what I had was two fingers of four roses. Neat. Bravo, Ken. Kind of a proud moment right I'm now? not seeking <laughs> your approval.
5: I'm not giving it. He doesn't need it. you to validate his choice.
0: It. No, I'm just saying bravo. I'm just uh, approving of the four roses. Yes. I mean, I know you'll go back to orange-flavored.
5: Orange crush. Something.
3: Well, I, I was happy because I it, I had to post. I I was on the search for vanilla vodka. I mean, I, was mm. vodka mm-hmm. and I couldn't find any after hitting all sorts of stores. I complained on Facebook and got a picture last night from my sister going like, hey, I, I think, you know, my sister lives up by Steve. So I think she went to 21st Amendment. And she bought me two bottles of Stoli Vanilla. So now I'm all set. She just has to get them down to me. are set for a couple of weeks, yes.
5: All right. Well, thanks, Ken. Well done, by the way, on the Four Roses. Yes. All right. Okay. Thank you, Ken. And now, it's here for Mark, I'm excited to hear what you have brought to the podcast tonight.
0: Um, I am enjoying some Irish whiskey tonight. Oh. Jameson's... Not it's Italian their, whiskey. Um, yeah, it's it's Italian. Uh-huh. Jameson's Blender's, Blenders dog. dog. It huh. it is a that is a term I guess that the Irish use in there. It is a tool they use when they're sampling out of their casks. Um, Irish whiskey. I, I've always been a big fan. It's very light. It's very easy drinking. Um, this was a. Um, it's only eighty six proof. I mean, it's not like. Uh, what was it 1920 old Forester bourbon, which is 115 proof. Um, but Irish, if you're, it's not anything like scotch. Um, and it's not like bourbon. It is a very mild, very somewhat sweet. Sometimes, uh, is a dear, a good and dear friend of Steve and mine used to say it was, it's like angels peeing down your throat. (laughs) Um, it's a very easy drinking, um, whiskey and, uh,
2: so
5: tonight, Jameson's Irish. Salute. Well, thank you, Mark. Not too many Irish whiskeys on this podcast. All right. Well, thank Mm-mm. you, nope. Steve. Mm-hmm. Do you bring an Irish whiskey tonight?
4: Uh hell no! <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no screw
3: that. I'm not going to be
0: highbrow. Yeah, no, we're <laughs> Give uh, the hi hat.
4: Yeah, I got the hi hat right here for you. Uh, no, I'm going with uh, actually Deb. Um, she did. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do that. Uh, <laughs> she <actually went> to- <laughs> a moment of clarity
5: came over Steve.
4: <laughs> uh, geez, yeah, stop. I thought, oh, that's right. I have to edit this, or somebody else has to. Edit I, it. I do. Uh, I, no, I'll- she didn't get this off the hands of a dead person, but it was. What uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's uh it's a it's a bourbon from uh, Old Forester. It's the it's the Old Forester rye. Who. There's mm. There there was a rye. Bye. Yeah. And uh, yeah. yeah, this was pretty good. Very 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 smooth. Um like to be honest with the borderline Irish whiskey smooth.
5: Yeah. yeah. Do, do you have the bottle there, Steve?
4: Yeah, no. Well, no. Is it It's upstairs.
5: Is it ding ding. Possibly the same old Forrester rye bourbon that I brought down to our gaming session down at Tony's. I don't. I don't remember
4: that. Oh Jesus!
5: <laughs> oh my God! Oh, for
1: the love! You have failed me for the last time.
4: That was like a year ago, <sighs> oh, wasn't it? Oh my God! How about it's that
0: amazing. was right? That was right before the COVID uh,
5: yeah, 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 closed yeah, us yeah, down. Yeah.
4: Well, that's right before the Wuhan flu. Oh, I know, but it was a long time ago. Oh, yes. I don't remember. I know, Muncie. I know. Stop okay you know <laughs> days are days have become years
5: to steve in the last oh, poking the bear they're all weeks. blending together oh. all right True steve little. well how, how do you like your uh old forester ride that i introduced you to about six months ago
3: uh, screw you out i'm going out <laughs>
5: <laughs> are you a fan of it
4: i like it it's well, if you saw what's left of the bottle that she bought on Friday, it's yeah, it, yeah, I like it
5: at the, at its price point, Steve. I think it's one of the best out there. <laughs> Actually, I, I
4: again the old Forester, I mean, they're they're you know like, the special blends that they're putting out are are, are definitely pricier. But I, honestly, I mean the rye and just the standard bottle for the price uh for daily pour, you can't beat it.
5: No, I agree. I yeah. agree.
4: Can't beat it. Can't beat it.
5: All right, Steve. Well well done, sir. Well done. Uh, thanks for letting me harass Thank you, you a little bit. But no, outstanding. All right.
4: If you if you didn't harass me, I would think there was something wrong. I know.
5: I know. It's, it's the way we show affection for each other. All right, gentlemen. What the hell happened to Brian? Oh, who knows? Sheila probably clubbed him over the head. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Like a baby harp seal. Yes. <laughs> Here we go. All right. So, oh, oh, oh he survived. Okay. Uh, He's back. You know, I see her clubbing him and dragging him back. He's to He's folding cage. laundry. Here we go. He's doing his sock drawer better than this <laughs> podcast. Great tonight. I am. Uh, I, I I open this up. I don't bring this out too often, but I just thought I would. Um, is the um, whistle pig single Ooh. barrel rye oh. that uh, I picked up from uh, the. Uh, the rural Inn. um i got one of their uh, their uh, barrel barrel selections and this is a a 10-year rye and um and and i i i have this about maybe once a month um eh, i don't want to say that probably about twice a month um but as you can see there's still a lot left in there Um, (laughs) it is uh, it's spicy but it has a it is a very good uh flavor profile to it um 115 proof and it's um you know, it'll it'll get you on the front end, but it's pretty pretty mellow going down. Um, you can pick that up a lot of places, uh, but it's it's a little bit pricey depending on where you pick it yeah. up. Yeah, you just got to be careful. I've
0: got a bottle of <laughs> Whistle Pig bourbon, and I I agree it is it is really and it's out of like Vermont or someplace, but it, it is really wonderful stuff. But it is not cheap.
5: No, it's not, and there's a lot of product out there, and and it'll sit on the shelves because nobody's going to pay two hundred dollars for it. That's all I'm going to say. No, nope. um, but anyways, um, Steve, if you get a chance um, and you're out someday when a bar opens up and you can um, and you can get that, I'd encourage you to try it before you drop the coin on it. Now that we're seven hours into this podcast, let's get on to Ken. Are you ready with the uh, top ten? We've done 1982
3: recently, haven't we? Uh, yeah, we did 1982. Uh A couple of weeks back, when we did First Blood, this is the same year First Blood came out. Uh, I'll just go through it it fast.
5: Yeah, go through it fast. We'll we'll have the same reactions, I'm sure.
3: At number ten, we had Annie the musical. Here we go. At number nine, we had another musical, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Yep,
5: here we go, Brian. Bert and Dolly. Yep. I'll not do the predictable. I'm sorry. At number eight. (laughs) Wait a minute, Ken. You know what? You know what Dolly Parton is in the bathtub, don't you? <laughs> Here we go. Islands <laughs> in the stream.
1: Yes,
4: <laughs> okay, I want to hear this.
1: <laughs> Just reverse the first
5: letter.
4: Jeff, Jeff, you got to sing it. You got to sing it.
5: Islands in the stream. That is what we are. No one in between. How can we be wrong? Sail away with me. To okay, another world <laughs> where we rely
3: on each other. <laughs> I
1: thought it was, was going to be some kind of play on the first letter starting with Farting. But oh, no, that's oh, <laughs> right. gosh.
3: Moving on.
5: Sorry, go My on. Number go on. eight.
3: A movie many people thought was scary was Poltergeist. It's actually a good movie. <laughs> the yeah. film debut of Eddie Murphy was 48 Hours with Nick Nolte.
1: Walter Hill movie Mark Long
3: yep. Walter Yeah. It's yep. forty eight hours is a fun movie. Fun movie. At number six, I don't even have to I can I can sum this movie up in one word. Con! <laughs>
5: <laughs> oh, sorry. Wrong one. Great movie.
3: Two, Wrath of God. Good movie. Great at number movie. Number five, that movie that entertained many a young lad. Porkies.
4: We we have got to get that on there. Ding
3: ding. No we don't.
4: No, <laughs> no <laughs> oh,
5: we don't. Um, <laughs> we'll do we'll do meatballs before manual, porkies. Well,
4: <laughs> no we oh God. Do, we have to do meatballs and porkies. Oh, I cannot, no. you know what I cannot
5: when, when, when when's your birthday, Steve? Is it in September? Yes. Yeah. All right. Maybe for Steve's birthday month, we'll we'll do a, a double shot. You know what that is?
0: That's like a drive-in. That's like the drive-in <laughs> movie night double header.
1: You know, I I swear to God, I, I'm not making this up. I have never seen Porky's. Oh
5: I don't. My God, Brian. I, I'm I'm more proud I, of you than I ever was, Brian. I mean, that's, <laughs> I thought, I, I thought <laughs> even I can't go do this. But, you know,
4: it's got to be. It's literally one of the funniest movies I've ever seen.
5: You know what? It would be interesting if it stood up
3: over time it may not you're oh. be remembering fond memories of your you know
4: you oh oh come what on much. you're a brawl breaker trying to grab a guy never mind all right that's it Go. <laughs> Go. I told you. Last time, at
3: but... number number four our movie review tonight rocky 3 was the number four movie of that year did very well uh, we commented when we did the first blood. I mean, they're both uh, Sylvester Stallone movies, but I think first blood is probably the better movie, but it didn't make top 10. At number three, an officer and a gentleman.
0: I think we asked it. I think Jeff called the question if that's a man cave movie. No, I sure didn't.
5: I that. quickly put the kibosh on that. But
2: <laughs>
0: oh.
3: Well, it summarizes why I'm doing this podcast with you. Because i
4: got nowhere
5: else to go. <laughs> <laughs> that, was,
3: that was really good, Ken. <laughs> at number two, Tootsie with Dustin Hoffman. Never seen it. It was a big hit. I saw it back in the day. Episode
5: 298. And finally,
3: at number one, a movie which I saw and I enjoyed, E.T. the <sighs> Extraterrestrial.
1: Steve's
4: favorite movie. Seen,
3: never seen it. <laughs> E.T. doesn't hold up well, but it was entertaining in its day. I, 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 yeah, you know, I said this last time. I did like the movie
1: even then. I did like Peter Coyote. Though. Don't know why. Uh, Peter Coyote I was, was an uh, an,
5: uh, an underrated and underappreciated actor. Coyote, yeah, yeah. I, I don't he, think
4: he did a lot. He the Coyote did a lot of. Uh, um, voiceover he did a lot of documentaries yeah. still does yeah yeah still, still does, does. Yeah,
5: yeah i i mean he he was a quiet presence on the screen he wasn't real flashy but i mean he he brought a, a very calm commanding presence so
3: he did really? the classic
5: yeah. time Rider a couple years after that i liked him yeah <laughs> the reason nobody's heard of it yeah. <laughs> yeah all right well thank you ken for running through the uh, top 10 i appreciate that um all right and with that, um, let's just jump over to listener comments. Um, it's it's been uh, it's been an active week from our listeners, very active. Um, and um, and I was trying to keep up with a lot of them. Let's see here. Well, oh, by the way, I wanted to say a very happy birthday to Scott Waldeck. Um, he is um, 25 years old today, and he, um, you know, wow, long time. Is he
4: old enough to watch, is he old enough to listen to this podcast?
5: I mean, old enough. I'm not sure. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm not sure he should, but um, you know, train
3: wreck that we can come, But,
5: uh, but happy birthday, Scott. Um, and Scott uh, shared uh, a very—I don't know if you guys had a chance to check it out—a very, very cool piece of art with us. Um, it was a cardboard art. Uh, somebody put together um, that actually pieced it together from cardboard, and I didn't know that this was a genre of art, but I'm looking into it now. Not that I'm going to do it, but um, the, of Godzilla, actually, yeah. and and a, and. God. A... <laughs> and uh, you know Scott, you know you know Steve, he likes Godzilla, he appreciates it much like many of our listeners. We're going to bring you Godzilla drinking. What what what? Did... Oh, Godzilla? Ah! Ah! Godzilla! All right. You know, Jeff, uh, should we do the original Godzilla? I mean, it is a classic old movie. I, st- Brian, I'm never going to turn that down. I mean, really, I mean, that, it starts it all off, right? I mean, it is the Sands of Iwo Jima of kaiju movies, right? It, it's uh, <clears> the creature from the Black Lagoon of I Japan mean, or something oh, like that. I, you know? I, mean, I mean, Ken, I'll leave it up to you. Ken, what do you say? I am Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> we could do the Raymond Burr version, so you know, so it would appeal to Steve. Oh, uh, you know what, Brian? Maybe I we know should... He's a big Raymond Burr fan. Maybe we should. Uh, you know, Brian, Yeah, I mean, we could talk about. You why know, why but...
0: don't you? No, why don't you go all in and push your chips all in and do the
5: Matthew Broderick version? You know what? We could do a month of Godzilla. We could do a month of Godzilla. Each week, we do a different Godzilla movie. Ding, ding! I love this no. idea. God. <laughs> I blame Scott Waldeck. All right. Um, (laughs) all right. Um, let's see here. Um, Jeff Tennant is, um, um, he he is, um, he's, he's listening and, um, and has been for for quite some time going through our catalog and checking things out. Um, and, and he is, he's also wondering how we never did first blood and, um, and he recently watched the newest Zombieland. And like some of you, felt like um, there, uh, there's no reason to run out and see this. <laughs> um, but he said, actually, um, to his surprise, that he laughed his ass off during the entire film. You know, that's, you know... That that that's from somebody that's actually seen the damn movie, so we may have to take that into consideration. Cameron Freed appreciates uh, our most recent review of First Blood, and um, he hasn't seen Copland. And Mark, you pointed that out. You know, uh, Steve, do you have the Beecham file it up did. there yet? Um, what was uh, what uh, was Copland under?
4: Oh God! Oh, I didn't know there was gonna be a test. I I'm couldn't sorry. get it. In You're a second, usually man.
5: with it. With a, you usually have that up, so that's why I asked. Okay. I, uh, you have failed me for the last. Time. Well, I you know that's hard. what
4: she—that's oh, what she said. No, that's not but, what she um, said. She's, oh
5: God! She usually says, "Put it away and don't bother with that <sighs> for." Uh, it's like, I I don't know, said, "What is that?" It—that's—that's—that's
4: uh, that's, that,
5: that's pretty close. We'll come back around to it. Um, All uh, right. Uh, 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 but anyway, um Cameron got around to seeing *Sons of Katie Elder* and finds it to be a very fun, solid western. What do you guys say about it, *The uh, Sons of Katie I like Elder* that movie? I think Dean Martin's in that one, if I'm not
1: mistaken. Yep. John, Green, yeah. obviously. Um, yeah. Gosh, who were some of the other sons? Was went in that one? Was he? Mm-hmm.
3: No, uh, Earl Holliman, I think, was, was Earl Earl Holliman. Great
1: Earl Holliman, who was also in uh, Forbidden Planet and Policewoman with the great Angie Dickinson.
3: Oh God, and here we Angie, go. Who's All 90. right,
5: stop. Take, and, you know, Brian, you're right. Angie Dickinson. Wait underappreciated. Oh,
4: Copland episode 109, we did that back on, actually it was uh, April 29th, 2014.
5: Wow,
1: six years ago. Okay. Six years. All right. By the way, Jeff, just for the record, I saw Angie Dickinson in one of her first roles, which was an obscure TV series called Men Into Space, which was a half-hour black and white series uh, that the U.S. Air Force and Wernher von Braun and Willie Lay were big supporters in, so... Interesting little show. He played the wife of the main character.
5: So, That's an absolutely fast no, no, name. <laughs> <right. laughs> <laughs> All right, Brian. Thank you. Uh, Barry yeah. Jones, um, He, uh, I, I'm going to put this to you guys. Um, he said that um, he just finished Triple Frontier on Netflix. And it says it reminds yep. him of high risk.
4: Yes. It's, yes. it's high great... risk without the humor
5: okay all right
4: it's it it, to be honest with you and i think i made some comments on that because i've been kind of remiss on uh commenting on the uh the facebook page but no that is actually a pretty good movie uh it's it's a it's definitely a little bit darker than high risk don't get me wrong but it's it's Uh, something we should probably talk about mark did you see it
0: yeah, I did, um, and you're right. It is high risk without the humor, actually. Yeah. And you've got some very good actors in it. I think like yeah. Charlie Humans in it. Yeah. Um, oh, what's his name?
4: Uh, Poe Dameron, the guy. Yeah. Uh, Poe Dameron. I, Oscar is it Oscar. Or? Yeah. I, I can't remember but, his name. But
0: some good actors. It's it's actually it and Extraction, which just hit in Netflix with um, Chris Hemsworth that out. Yeah. Is, is also another good one. Netflix seems to be, has realized that there's this niche for that genre of, of solid action movies that they're going to get a lot of traction off of. I th- um, and they've been putting out some quality stuff.
5: Mark, I think okay. Netflix has finally realized they don't have to pay other people for their content because they don't have to pay for crappy Disney content anymore. They can actually create better content. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's for you, Steve. Word. <laughs> All right. A uh, couple present. other Couple present. Yeah. A couple other things that I want to mention here. Um, Michael Dyer, Captain Dyer. Um, the first question I have for Captain Dyer is, how is he not a major yet? Um, I'm sure that is that you know. What are you doing with the remote control? I'm. I'm.
4: He's trying. He's. he's trying to shut I'm me. I'm trying off, to I put think. somebody on
5: mute right now. <laughs> All right, um, uh, but Michael Dyer, um, who I'm hoping I'm going to say Major Dyer here soon, um, is um, he's trying to re-watch The Rise of Skywalker, but in order to do that, <laughs> he has a nice list of um, uh, um, in front of him that says, um, a character may be a Mary Sue if... And then there's a, a list of um, qualifications. So um, he has that on our website if anybody wants to check that out and watch uh, The Rise of Us Skywalker and then play the jerking game that goes along with it. Um, my good and dear friend Chad Henry um, posted from uh, Metacritic.com every film franchise ranked. Um, and if you guys haven't seen that, I would encourage you to go and check it out. And... um, um Uh, And Jeff Tennant, Mark, as a tie-in to Extraction, uh, Jeff Tennant gives um, Extraction two enthusiastic thumbs up. So that may be something we need to get on here. And uh, I know Steve threw out a reconsideration of the list, which I'm never opposed to. So, um, you know, we don't want to make this the World War II podcast, so we may need to bump some of those things down and around. So we can explore that list um, because we might need to jumble up some of the... the, um, genres up so i'm always open to that so i'm um, steve throw out some suggestions and we'll uh, we'll consider them okay all right gentlemen let's get into the closing now that we're into 18 hours of this podcast okay <laughs> every night i come into this actually I, I just couldn't because i mean you know you guys were had a lot of good things to say about this movie in the front end and it just took us an hour and a half to say it because there's a lot to say about this movie so all right gentlemen we're going to close this mark what were your thoughts? What's your closing comments on this great and fantastic film? All
2: right.
0: You know, watching the movie last night, um I and I, I still will say there's a bit of a derivativeness to it, but it it is entertaining. Um and I th- as I said at the beginning, it it's elevated I think because of Carl Weathers and there's a great understory uh about Carl Weathers' character apollo creed in the movie um it's a solid rocky movie um i think it is uh made good because of the support some of the supporting actors around them um two not so much but the apollo creed story mr t steals every scene he's in and he does a great job um uh, so i think in the pantheon of rocky movies it is a solid entree it's not Rocky. It is better than Rocky 2. And um, it's enjoyable. Uh, it, it's not there's no surprises. If, if you're looking for anything groundbreaking, this is Rocky. You're not going to find it. You did ask at the beginning where kind of we would rank the movies Rocky 1 through 4 what our favorite one is. I think that's what you asked. Am I correct in that?
1: Jeff? Yes.
0: Or did I screw that? No, no. Up? Okay. You're good. Well, I'm going to I'm going to do a Ken Roney and go off the reservation. I'm gonna say that my favorite Rocky movie is actually Rocky Balboa. Um I the the if you've not seen it, you really should because it's about a guy who has and maybe it's because of the where I am in my life. He's looked at what he's what he's accomplished, what he hasn't done. He's kind of taken stock of his life. And yes, we do have the Rocky fight, but but there it, it's a very human um Movie and it's rather touching, uh, in, in a way. But if you ask me of the four, I'm still going to say Rocky because it 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 set the tone and set the stage, and there was something raw and um determined about it that was inbred into the these movies was the determination that stallone had to make this movie and the, it became a series so all in all rocky 3 is enjoyable not great not bad um a fun flick i will give it a six and three quarters it's it, and that's really because you've got some great supporting actors um making the story much more interesting than probably what it would be
3: all right thank
5: you mark
0: mm-hmm
3: Ken, what say you? Well, I, w- I will lead off with a comment that I didn't make before, but you know, I was an adult when this movie came out. I en- I enjoyed it when it came out, and it fit the mood in the country at that mm-hmm. point in history. There's some- something about this just fit, uh, and that's part of what made it the success it is. Uh, you know, we're coming off of the '70s. The '70s had a lot of Downer, hate to say it, but it's got a downer. Movies with anti-hero types, and this was, you know, Rocky, and this, and a lot of other movies at that time were just good old-fashioned American heroes and people overcoming adversity. And uh, that was a that was a mood that fit. We've talked all about it. Uh, when it comes to where it stands in the realm of Rocky movies, I said at the very beginning, I have this tied. With Rocky for first place, I can't really pick one over the other. They each had their are different movies, different attitude. It's if after that it would be two. Actually, actually, I'll say after that it would be Rocky Balboa, and then two, and then four. Was there a Rocky five? Oh yeah, I don't think. He, oh yeah, what, what do you do with Rocky five? Uh, that's Balboa. forgettable.
0: He he fought space aliens.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I I just know the, you know I think uh I I do have a Weird Al's version of I think Rocky eighteen recorded go. somewhere on my iPod. Here we go. We won't uh, do that. But no, I give this movie. I'm similar to Mark. I, I I said I thought to myself coming in, what do you give it? And I'm going to give it a seven. You know. Wow. And for me, a seven is a little bit better than just I like it, and it's a little less than I really like it. It's a solid movie for all the reasons we talked about.
5: Thank you, Ken. Um, I know a seven for you is it's pretty respectable. All right. Steve, you've had some kind of epiphanies on this podcast about this movie. I'm mm-hmm. interested to hear your closing.
4: Um, Actually, I'm going to probably give it a little bit higher rating that I would have beforehand because the more we talked about it the more I actually appreciated the movie uh, and a lot of it had to do with Carl Weathers I mean I think um, Mark actually did point out um, how much he did elevate the movie and and there there's some other stuff which I could have got into but it's like we don't want to drag this out to a four hour podcast. <laughs>
5: Uh, <laughs> yeah so, i got this one on i got this one for you steve
4: <laughs> you got this one? all right yeah so um yeah it's no i i actually it's after we talked about it I'm like you know what this is actually a much better movie than i thought it was and i'm gonna go at a solid seven on it um the more i thought about it the more we discussed and i i i you know hearing some of the feedback um from all you guys actually maybe appreciate this movie a little bit better than what I originally saw it as. So, I'm going to go with a solid 7.
5: Outstanding, Steve. You know, and I I actually en- enjoy when we have these discussions and you guys, you know, make me look at things a little bit different and I'm like, "You know what? That's that's very fair." And I I I, I like your review. I like your I like your consideration. Very good. Well done. Right. And Brian, what say you? Well, without my headset up,
1: hope you can hear me. I can uh, hear you.
5: Yep. Okay. Good. Uh,
1: this movie, this is in the in the pantheon of Rocky movies. Maybe that's the best way to start. This is my favorite. Okay. But it's followed closely by Rocky One, and then uh, then two. And I I have not seen Rocky Balboa, but everything I've read about it is actually very good. And I do need to see it, Uh, because my guess is Rocky Balboa might slip in here somewhere. But based on that, without Rocky Balboa being mentioned, that would be number four, number five, I suppose. Uh, But, you know, Rocky one is I mean, these are you know, we're we're doing iconic man cave movies right now, guys. I mean, we really are. Mm -hmm. we're, We're talking First Blood. You're talking Rocky. Uh, these are the definition to me of man cave movies. And whereas Rocky 1 to me is a movie about the underdog and about second chances in life, Rocky 3 to me is, is an older movie in a lot of ways. Uh, it's, it's, it's like the span of one's life to a certain extent. Uh, you got your father, who you lose in the course of the movie you've achieved your professional goals in some form or fashion, and now you're just trying to hang on. And it becomes a whole lot more now about keeping the stuff you have, but if you just try to keep the stuff you have, then you lose the edge that you had getting the stuff in the first place. And, boys, that is life. And that's certainly yeah. a competitive life. And uh, to me, that this movie is really about that. It's about what happens when you're 40 years old and you've reached the top of your profession and all these guys are clawing at you in your profession or whatever that might be, and you're thinking like, "Man, I'm just trying to keep the stuff I've got." Well, I can't keep the stuff I've got unless I can learn to fight the way I used to fight when I was 25 and 30. And uh, and I, I got I got that about that movie then, and I and it hits harder now, like clearly. Um, and I'm in the type of industry where competition is everything, and there's a point in time you sit back, you go, "Hey, I, I'm good with where I'm at right now. I'll, I'll let you guys go." You guys go chase those cows. I'll just stand up here on the hill and watch it. <laughs> but uh, but uh, that's why I think this movie is different. And it's not, it's not cliche. It's a, it's a very mature movie to me uh, comp- as opposed to the other movies. And then and when you add the element of the guy that you defeated coming in and being a part of your life and helping you, that's a, that's a really another interesting twist. I love again. I love T in the movie. I just thought he he was this force of nature, uh, and again, I hell, I like the music. I mean, I know I've heard. I, I I'm like Steve. Yeah, I liked it the first three thousand times I've heard it. And I've heard it forty thousand now, but I still like it. Uh, so that for all those reasons, this movie is my favorite Rocky movie, and uh, and because the Rocky movies are iconic, I can't walk out of here and not give this movie anything less than eight and a half. I just can't. Wow. Wow. Because it's a Rocky, it's if it's my favorite Rocky movie, my God, it's gotta be at least eight and a half. Maybe I'm higher, but I'll I'll be conservative and say it's eight and a half. So there you go. Wow.
5: Brian, I <clears throat> I think something that you said I just I want to reiterate, and I think that is there are some unique and individual themes throughout each of these first few movies. I can't go into the fourth movie because quite honestly, I've only seen it about maybe twice in my life. And both of those were, you know, back in the eighties. Um, but there and and I I've heard great things about some of the later movies. And I haven't seen any of the Creeds, but I've heard that they're not bad. I've heard they're actually pretty decent. At least the first Creed movie. Um,
4: the first the first Creed movie is very very good. Yeah, uh, okay. it's, good. it's
5: it's it's, it's very good. That's what I've heard. It's good. And, and you know and I yes. don't I don't even know anything. I don't I don't even know, I can't even tell you if the second Creed movie's out. Um but Again, you're going to I'm going to a guess based on what I know about the first Creed movie is you're going to come back. You know, you're going to have some different themes, but you're going to come back to the same basic story, you know. Um, because you know that's as Brian said that's life. And in in these movies, and I think that's why they feel different to me. And Sylvester Sylvester Stallone had said that, you know, this movie was different because and because we are at a, he is at a different place. The character's at a different place in his life. And he wanted to show that and illustrate the difference um, from where he was struggling and, and just crawling for the top and chasing chickens and he's not doing that anymore <laughs> because he doesn't need to. But he's also somebody <clears throat> that doesn't recognize that he's past his prime and and that, you know, he needs to he 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 really needed to hang it up. Um, but you know there there's there are some deeper deeper um, themes in this show and there's there's a few and and they run deep you know there's also the theme of you know you know loss and death and um, you know and so um, I think you know when when you have a, especially we, we we've talked a lot about how when you have a franchise mm-hmm. there's a degradation as you go through it. And this is one of those unique franchises that kind of ebbs and flows, much like the Star Trek series uh, of movies, at least, where it kind of ebbs mm-hmm. and flows. Some are better, some are better, some are worse. And it just depends on, you know, where they are throughout the series. Um, you know, same thing with some of the Godzilla movies. Uh, well, we'll just leave that there. But, um, but I think that this, mm-hmm. this movie, um, I mean, it, even it, it could almost be a standalone movie. Almost, but really, it develops the characters over over three series or over three different movies, and and it's fun the evolution of these characters to watch and and to um, <clears throat> to to see their new roles and to see old enemies become dear friends and um, and, and and I think it sends a deeper message to to. Really, as when it come when you talk about sportsmanship, that just because you are on opposite sides of you know whatever the you know the line of scrimmage or you know the half court line or whatever, you, you don't it, that 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 doesn't have to stay that way. And so you know I I I, I whether it's intentional or not, I think there's some great scenes and or great themes in this movie to explore. I think the action um, in it is 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 just as compelling as the other fights. Um, I think the 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 antagonist is a really cool antagonist, and you know what? Uh, he's he's he. You know, I've seen far worse, um, and especially as as Steve had brought up. You know, MMA. I mean, I've seen you know far more. Um, flamboyant um, antagonistic um, fighters out there and what they've said to you know some of their opponents inside and outside of the ring so um, I think this is like Brian I think this 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 may be as good as the first one um, and, and I thought the first, first one was pretty it was really good but also had its own issues um, but I think I think this is a great movie I'm going to give it an 8.5 I think it's that good. So, gentlemen. <clears throat> nice. That brings us to the conclusion of our podcast. So, thank you all for being here. Um, we are, gosh, we are, we are really kicking these out. And as somebody had just said, we're really getting, I mean, we're 200 and some podcasts into this. And we're getting to some of these classic movies that I think in the beginning we said, oh, yeah. Those are no brainers. We'll get to those eventually. And now I think we're kind of getting to them. But what I find fascinating is as we're doing this, we're also seeing new things that are coming out from things that Mm -hmm. weren't even around during that time possibly or even thought about. You know, We're talking about Netflix movies that they weren't doing those, what, eight years ago? Netflix was around, but they were just renting movies to you via mail, right? Right. And now we're looking at possibly showcasing their movies. So it's interesting how holly quote unquote Hollywood has evolved as this podcast has continued to go on, so all right gentlemen, thank you very much um, well said, thank you for your reviews and uh, and for being here tonight. ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you as well for coming back and listening this podcast, to my shock and surprise um, continues to grow um, our numbers keep keep going, and so it's it's because um I think you all it's are- because
4: because because I left and you took over, Steve. And just so you know, just so you know, Jeff, we're uh, I think uh, 38 shows away from uh, Deep Blue <laughs> God damn
5: it! Well, it's, uh, it's getting
3: real. Did you guys? Did you notice? <laughs> I I had a, th- a comment I was going to make earlier. Oh, well, please do. Did you guys see the similarity between our podcast team and this movie? Ding ding. I think I can stand proudly and say that Steve is the Apollo Creed to Jeff's Rocky. <laughs> Are you our Burgess Meredith?
5: Right, buddy. <laughs> up, me. uh, that means, Brian, if that just, means yeah, pro,
0: Brian's... that here it comes. Brian's ding,
2: ding. Brian's Polly and yeah, I'm I. I do it. Shire. And you're
0: Talia right. Shire. <laughs> <Wow>.
2: <laughs> just out, effing
0: standing.
4: That means I'm gonna die. <laughs> in episode 300. Yes. Right. Means
0: right. I and told, and Ken I, sh- and Ken dies after tonight's podcast. Oh my <laughs> god! All in. right, ah. I don't let's not put that out
5: there to the world. No. <laughs> no oh my god, Ken. No. Well, thanks for yeah, thanks for bringing that up. That we got some wallpaper here on this podcast, but <clears throat> really, I, I this podcast would not be the same without um, you know listening to the four of you guys and letting me uh, chime in on your. Exquisite thoughts. So, um, but thank you all um, and thank the listeners for every week we seem to have a new listener that's chiming in on Facebook. So hit us up there. Um, our new and old listeners post things there that are, you know, very insightful, that are very complimentary, that are, you know, that, you know, they pose things to us that I, you know, we, we all enjoy responding to listeners' comments. Um, some of you go very long and we appreciate it. And sometimes you guys throw out movies that we're like, you know what, that's something to take into consideration. So don't be afraid to do that. Um, I, fair, fair warning. Um, we will review it possibly and, and we will give our thoughts, but you know, as you can tell, we're gentle. We try to be objective and, um, and, you know, you know, at least m- most people do, but, um, you know, I try to sound intelligent, but I fail every time. So, all right, but gentlemen, let's, uh, let's close this out. So saying so long, farewell and i do is my good and dear friend, Ken, he's a wrecking machine and he's hungry. rony
3: Jeff, let me put it this way. Three years ago, you was supernatural. You was hard and you was nasty and you had this cast iron mouth but then the worst thing happened to you that could happen to any podcaster you got civilized
5: <laughs> I, I saw that line and I was like which one of those four is going to use that on me and uh, <laughs> I'm surprised it didn't come in the intro well done Ken All right. also saying goodnight night, farewell and I'll see you next week is my good and dear friend Brian my mom hits harder than you Miller you know, I should have said, Brian, Sheila hits harder than you, Miller, but. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Brian, unmute yourself. There's there's
5: this thing called a mute button. You're on. That... Oh,
3: there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Since, I'm
1: bawly, <laughs> Since I'm falling, Jeff. Since I'm I didn't say should've... it, I... it wasn't me. <laughs> Somebody said, I I don't know Mark Hey, who got you your first woman, huh? Me. Me. I was responsible. (laughs) You know, I give you and I give you. You know, I got feelings, too. You know, I have cardboard. (laughs) You've been keeping me down.
5: You know, that line should have probably came from Steve, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's true. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm not sure which one, so I won't say. Oh, God. All right, Brian, thank you. Also saying good night, so long, sayonara, and aloha is my good and dear friend. Mark, you're wearing your anatomy out for charity. Slover. Just keep
0: punching, Apollo, or should I say Jeff? Yeah. You want to ring the bell? Ding,
5: ding. Ding, ding. Ding, ding. You know, that that ending is pretty cool I gotta say I like I, that I, ending I've, I will always watch it through the end um mm, yeah I mean two I mean I, it's 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 great all yep. right <clears throat> ding ding again that all that should be something that Steve should probably closed out with <laughs> <laughs> and all right last and certainly not least my good and dear friend Steve I don't like these people Michaels
4: oh, get out of here will you this is like podcasting in a zoo. This is a zoo, you know? Is this how you podcast for a show like this? I'm not going to kiss you. This is like a House of Ill Repute or something.
5: <laughs> I appreciate you not kissing me, by the way. More than That's, you know. So, I, I'm not going to kiss you. Yeah. All right. All right, gentlemen. Thank you all. Um, we are We We're we are. really, You, Mark, as you pointed out, or somebody did, we are... We are ticking closer to my god we are ticking closer to 300 you know i just realized that this whole thing has backfired on me and i should stop doing about one every week so because we were on a two year pace and now by god we we may hit that by the end of the year so i'm gonna have to sabotage this somehow some way so
3: sometimes you just gotta rip the bandage off
5: or just not show for the podcast. I don't know. All right. <laughs> oh, oh shit! I'll start. I'll I'll start doing
4: them <laughs> you, after that just to you'll, get the three hundred.
5: You'll dub me in, won't you, gentlemen? Well, thank you very much, listeners. Thank you, and um, we will see you all very soon. Ciao. I'll be back. Rick, we are leaving. Are you not entertained? Damn your eyes! too late please go away let me sleep for the love of god someday this war's going to end in case i don't see you
0: good afternoon good evening and good night
3: here's to us and what we were
1: and what will be
3: and what will be